This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Here we are, another edition. It's the opening kickoff. Thanks for hanging with us on this uh, Wednesday morning. Mark and Lee right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Give us a call, 694-1055, and you can always get us in the app at WNSP.com. Good morning, Mr. Shervanian. Nice gear you're wearing. I know, right? I just got really, it. Pretty I cool. Like, yeah, I like it. Uh, I hope you're going to wear it tomorrow. That's the plan. Walk-ons. That's the plan, man, for the WNSP Draft Challenge, our draft party at Walk-Ons tomorrow afternoon. The final drive will be broadcasting from over there. We'll be over there with our new gear on. We promise you guys... We'll have some T-shirts for you. You can pick out the WNSP personalities with our cool new gear here. Um, and you have a shot at a Traeger grill and a Bryce Young uh, autographed jersey. Our thanks to Bailey's TV and Mattress for supplying the Traeger grill. And our thanks to The Vault for making that jersey happen. Yeah, 24 hours. Well, and some change. 36 hours till draft time. Carolina Panthers uh, say they have a consensus. Uh, everybody's on the same page. They know who they're going to take. I, <laughs> I'd be really surprised if it's not Bryce Young. I really would. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it. I, I Who knows? But it, that would seem to be the indication right now uh, that it is Bryce Young. But you know what? The name Young, let's move till tomorrow. There's another Young out there last night. Trey Young. Nick, uh, I'll give you this one. You're the diehard Hawks fan. You wear your Hawks gear. Uh, you wear it on your sleeve. Anything exciting you last wear night? Your Which... Hawks gear on your sleeve, sir. Do you have anything exciting to say about uh, the Hawks last night? Man, do I? <laughs> Come on, Look, hurry! You put a guy in a situation where he doesn't have his star teammate. They're facing elimination in Boston against the finals favorites. This guy's battling all these trade rumors, all this unnecessary hate. They're always chanting, F. Trey Young. But it didn't matter. He came out. He put on a show. What do you have, 36 and 14? 38. 38. 38. 38. 38. Let's not forget that last basket. That's the one that did it. And then, in the final seconds, he takes the deepest step back three in Jalen Brown's face to put them up to and silence the crowd and the haters and the doubters. And now they're coming back to Atlanta for game six, and DeJounte Murray is going to be ready to play and participate in that one. But Janet Jackson will not. That's right. Yeah, Janet Jackson's got to move that concert. Yeah, yeah, I wonder how she feels about it. I mean, all this. Atlanta fans and officials were so confident that the Hawks were going to push it to a game six that you know there was somebody watching that game, a rep with the Hawks, going, oh, crap. He made it. Right? Somebody booked the Janet, well, Janet, J- Janet Jackson concert for the same day for the same arena. I'm not an expert on this stuff. I'm not. But that those things are booked well in advance. I mean, when you see these tours out there, I mean, you see they're like a year long. So they obviously didn't know that the Hawks 
would be going to a game six. It didn't even give any consideration. I understand how this works. I mean, a lot of times when I was living in that other area I did, which I won't mention because I don't want you to get drunk so early in the morning, right. that there would be conflicts all the time with the circus, with the Knicks, with the Rangers. So concerts are booked so far in advance. This wasn't like a last-minute deal. And I'm sure the Hawks weren't thinking, well, gosh, if we win, we're going to shove Janet Jackson. What I found interesting was what came first? Do you stay with the concert or do you move the basketball game to Friday night? Move Janet to halftime. That's what I was thinking, See, too. See, I, I was thinking the Hawks could be the opening act. Why not do Why not do a a, like a double feature, like a double whammy, like come on, come one, come all Atlanta for the extravaganza of a lifetime. If, they you, seat, if you grew up in the 90s, yeah, they seat about 18,000 there because I've been there for a concert. It's a great venue for, well, for sports, obviously, but also for concert. Also, it's not one of those open ended ones where you're outdoors. So I, I was thinking the same thing. She could warm up the crowd, right? And do a little bit. And let, me, then, let me tell you something. Jen ain't no warm-up act. Hey. All right? Jen ain't no warm-up act. All right now, neither is Trey Young. Yeah, that's right. Man. I what? mean, I, I watched as much as I could before I fell asleep. Disappointed I missed the end. I would have loved to have heard Bob Rathbun's call. I hope we get it. I was watching Bob's uh, broadcast rather than the network broadcast just because, you know, my familiarity with him. And he painted a very gloomy picture going in he said everything nick did you know down murray down three games to one boston arena where it's tough to win and they did it i I tell you what when i woke up this morning and saw that i was like wow i bet nick's gonna be on a high i I guess you could say it's a real trey vid versus goliath story Uh, was it a 30 footer that's what they're describing was it really 30 feet out it might have been deeper. He was right there on the little pinky of I mean, the leprechaun They logo. had 10 seconds. Mark, you're the coach. What do you tell your guy? You have 10 seconds to work the ball. You're only down by two, right? Was it two? They were down by one. I don't, re- I don't remember. one. Okay, so all you needed was a two-pointer. So why is he shooting from 30? Well, because he got that dog. And- yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think you go for the win in that situation, being on the road. Probably but you can't, all you need is a two-pointer. I understand that, but if you have the shot, then I mean, who, who, who's going to tell Trey Young not to take that? I mean, well, if we're if we're if he doesn't make that, to be fair, we're sitting here talking about what a boneheaded play Trey Young made, and we could have <laughs> gone in and, and worked it. But that's right. Uh, it worked out for him. I mean, it the, worked the out coach, for everybody but Janet yeah, and the Boston Quinn, Celtics. Quinn Snyder <laughs> said, was quoted as saying he told uh, Trey go for the drive. You know, how he, he likes they, to drive the lane, go for the two-pointer, and hope he get fouled. Yeah. Well, I, I saw that the quote said, Trey Young, you're our star. Go make a play. We trust you. But I don't think he told him, hey. He probably didn't say, yo, take pull a up to the 30-footer. Well, now, to be fair, I mean, it, it wasn't like the, the Celtics were up in his jockstrap on that play either. I mean, so they were they knew he was going to try to get to the lane, so – he 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 had it's not like they it was heavily contested it was it was contested but it wasn't like dude was up in his grill so i mean he just tough game winner though he he had a little bit of a step back there so um well the worst thing is you don't when you say that you don't want to foul a guy from 30 feet out and send him to the line true i saw the end of that nuggets game by the way talk about missed calls my goodness uh 
they boy, they let them play. Uh, but no. So here's my question to you guys, though. How if, if you had what? I'll, I'll put it in, in in reference to home teams because it doesn't work generically speaking. But would there be a concert that you would rather attend than see your home team play in a playoff game? Like, is there a, is there a is there an act out there? That you would be like, no, nah, bro, move the game. <laughs> I'm going to watch them. Yeah, for me, yeah. I'm sure for Bruce. you, too. Of course. I saw him up Frankie there. Frankie Valley. No, I, I think I'd, I'd go for my team. The Temptations. And who who's your team in that is, instance? Is it Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Is it Julius Randle and the Knicks? Who is, who's your, like, go-to number one? You know, I growing up, I was a Knicks fan. I don't talk about them much because they're so bad. But if given the possibility of a playoff game, seeing the Knicks like they're playing tonight with a chance to eliminate Cleveland, I, th I think I'd go for that. The, the Knicks have been just so down for so many years. They have Rarely have they ever been good. Hot take here. Now, granted, I'm not a Hawks fan, but I'm going to see Janet over watching man, the Hawks. You're tripping, yeah. man. All right. I am. Trey, Trey Young dances on that court better than she You don't strike me as – see, that, I'm surprised. You don't strike me as a concert versus basketball. That's, you're a basketball person. True, but that's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. I mean, that's – Have you ever seen her I actually concert? saw Janet Jackson in concert Then I take I that kid. back. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. so I didn't know that. The All Rhythm right. Nation tour. This is the <laughs> so I see, see, we learn something every day. I, I, to me, it, I, I would think you'd go see any, any basketball – well, that's just it. I see a lot of basketball. But you know, I don't, I don't know. Game six with the or Hawks. Or in, in my case, twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a game six with the Hawks and Celtics? Yeah, it's the Celtics, man. They're going to roll over the Hawks man. from here on out. Keep saying that, man. I want everyone to keep saying that. They That's the fuel they is need. There, is there a chance we'll hear about this on a certain podcast? Oh, yeah, definitely. And perhaps even the live version tonight at 5.30 with me and my guy, Root. Your guy. going to be unbearable talking about everyone that everyone hated on that I love balled out this playoff series. Yeah. Trey Young, everyone hated on him. He balled out. Russell Westbrook, all of his teammates left him. They could have beat Phoenix. But he still came out there and did. Is his there thing. is there not, a team not uh, in the last game? Listen, is there a team in the NBA that's more jinxed than the Clippers? Go into a series about your two top players, though. Think about that, you know, and and actually played well. I mean, they only lost by six at Phoenix, and it took a great game by Booker and an equally great game by Durant to eliminate them. But I mean, this was a team that some people thought could go to the championship finals. And it's like every year something goes wrong with them, with injuries, this or that, players well, grumbling. The question about Westbrook now, this is the first time in his career I think he's an actual free agent. Does anybody get him. excited about him? I, I'm, I'm happy for him, and he went off his playoff series, and I hope he can get to a team that is going to actually have players that can play with him and help <laughs> him win. Because Kawhi Leonard, he played 40-something minutes in that second Clippers game. And then Ty Lue was quoted as saying, this is what load management is for. This is why he rests in the regular season, so he can play big minutes in games like this. And then he never played again. <laughs> no, three missed three games. Jeez. And, right, and George is out. I'm, I'm off on Kawhi. I'm off on Paul George. I'm done with them. They, they, they ruined my guy Russ's comeback tour. I'm off the Clippers. Very good. All Which right. costs more, Janet Jackson concert ticket or a Hawks playoff ticket? What what would 
I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, on the Concert CD, tickets maybe? are very expensive, as you know, and so are NBA playoff tickets. Well, I mean, I could do a little. I mean, if it, if it means that much to you, let me let me let me. Hey, let speaking me do a of research. attendance, listen to this. Dude's all over the last place. night's as usual. Last night's baseball game, Tampa Bay. They've won 14 straight. That's a major league record to open up the season, a modern-day record. They're hosting the defending World Series champs, Houston, right? You know how many people showed up? Less than 9,000. And you wonder why Tampa's not a great baseball city. By the way, apparently Janet Jackson, Triple G, is is performing with Ludacris. Oh, How man. ludicrous that, is that? that? It's just a who's who of it. I mean, so thing. then you get a, a, a great concert and a three-hour preview for the next Fast and Furious movie. Uh, tickets on one third-party site, third-party uh, third vendor, looks like it's uh, they start. Now, they, they're going to go up tremendously, but they start at 84 bucks for Janet and Ludacris. That's probably you know, about that what doesn't it, seem it, like much. an entry ticket to the Hawks game is, about 80 bucks. Let's see. You know, I saw. After, I don't know if you guys saw the Morgan Wallen incident where he was too drunk to come out and do his concert. But allegedly too drunk, he was sick. His voice was gone. Sure. In comparison, <laughs> yeah, his words were maybe a little too slurred. In comparison, people were praising Ludacris because he had a concert that started at seven, and he was on stage performing at seven oh one. How about that? Let that be a lesson to being on time. Mm-hmm. Yep, just start things one minute after uh, the set time. The what does same, that remind us of? The same site, by the way, has the Celtics Hawks starting at 80 bucks. But that would be for, I'm assuming, a very cheap ticket. Yeah, those are the cheapest, cheapest tickets you okay. get on this one particular right. site. So there you go. Step aside, Janet. Just I, like I'd you did back in the days to your brothers <laughs> and the Jackson 5. It is not your time to shine. It's Trey's time. I don't know. I might go Janet over uh, over Trey. Who would Justin, Who's with me, people? Who would Justin Timberlake go for? Basketball or Janet Jackson? Well, he does have a special bond with Janet. I mean, I mean he's he was also there a big basketball fan, too. Was he a Memphis Grizzlies guy? Yeah, he but, Tennessee but he, kid? Was, he was there for the wardrobe malfunction. He got, he got first... Well, he might have seen all that there. he needed to see of Janet. <laughs> it's, it's he might have got his fill. <laughs> it's, yeah, more than he bargained for. All right, uh, let's get you a scoreboard traffic and weather. Today on the show, Brian Bosarge will join us to talk a little draft at 6.30. Andy Herman at 7 o'clock, Pack-A-Day pack podcast. We'll get the Green Bay perspective of this Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, Daryl Luter is going to join us at 7.30. That'll be a lot of fun. The voice of the Crimson Tide, Chris Stewart at 8 o'clock. Ian Thompson on the NBA at 8.30. Scoreboard traffic and weather. Oh, the transfer portal. Will Nick or will Nick not go to the transfer portal for a quarterback? It looks like that answer has gotten even more obvious after yesterday's events. We'll explain it all when we come back right here on the Sports Station WNSP. This is Jason Caffey. Thank you for listening to WNSP 105.5 FM.
Trey disrespecting the game, man. Just went defied coach's orders. Should bench him for game six. That was uh, Rathbun and Brian Oliver on the call. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Would you have benched him? Yes. Yeah. It's nothing more sacred than a relationship and a bond between a coach and a player. And if the coach doesn't have trust in his players, who can he trust? His assistant. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I need your apologies <laughs> to be as loud and as confident as your disrespect. What am I apologizing for? For being <laughs> mean. <laughs> Take back his jacket, Nick. Yeah, that's right. Give me that. I'm, I'm going to rip it right off your back, man. Give yeah. Um, Auction it off. You guys continue with your comments in the app. All right. So for all of you that say Nick Saban would never go to the portal for a quarterback, what say you today? You know, Mark, when I saw this, I said, there are very few things that are so obvious in sports. So if, if Tyler Buckner doesn't wind up going to Alabama, th there's – there's something wrong out there because it's just so obvious. Because, first of all, he enters the portal in something I, I was not familiar with. There's a term that he enters, but he can only contact teams. They can't contact him. I forgot the term they used, but it's a very, let's say, select uh, classification. You enter the portal, but only you can make contact. So he, came, he was at Notre Dame. He was uh, working under uh, Tommy Reese for the last couple of years. He still has three years of eligibility because I think in his first year only played in three games. So now in competition with Sam Hartman, the transfer from Wake Forest, he decides that he's going to take a look. He said, I could still go back to Notre Dame, but does anybody believe that he's not coming to Alabama right now? I mean, it's just so obvious that, oh, my first choice to visit, yeah, Tommy Reese and Alabama. So he has a do not contact tag. Um which really, now that you think about it, I'm thinking all kids should have a do not contact tag. If you want to transfer, you do the work. You figure out where to go. That's the way we should do the transfer portal altogether. What do you guys think about that? Just a do not tag or do not, do not contact. You don't have to answer your phone or answer any social messages. And, and are teams really not contacting this kid or reaching out to people that he's sure associated with. Of course they are. So, yeah. yeah, so his first stop is Tuscaloosa. Um, it's amazing how quickly this happened. I uh, would I would, I say half sarcastically. And again, some things are so obvious. The, the story comes up about, is Nick Saban looking? Then this quarterback from Notre Dame transfers. He played under Tommy Reese. I mean, it's, it's all there. It, it's all out there. It'd be, it'd be shocking to me if he says, well, I think I'll go to TCU or Stanford or somewhere else. Yeah, because it was really just a couple of hours from the moment he announced he was hitting the portal to reports that were he were visiting Tuscaloosa. So clearly the wheels were turning long he, before he mentioned he, he was going into the portal. He could have been there last night for all we know. Yeah. And that was one report. My guess my guess is that if he decides to cast his lot with Alabama, that either Milrow or Simpson will enter the portal maybe sooner than later, Mark. I think you have until April 30th to make your mind up about the portal. Uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned it in the scoreboard. So Simpson is going to be in a cast for the next three or four weeks. There, um, he will be com he'll be ready for when they come back in the fall. There, he's not going to miss any time. Um, 
this was all confirmed through his dad, of all people. I'm sure Saban's thrilled about that. But well, his dad's um, his dad's a football coach, I think, at Tennessee Martin or was. Yeah. And I have a story to tell you about that, but that's off the air. Ooh. Not going to well, tell you on the air. Man, but I can't anyway, wait. No, I'm serious. Uh, Juicy. But, I mean, if, if Buckner decides, if, 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 if he goes to Alabama and, and you've been, you're either Simpson or Milrow, you don't see the handwriting on the wall? I mean, right. No, I, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. I mean, you're not bringing anybody. So, for all those people, here's my, here's my thing, though. For all those people that say it's just spring, there's a long time to go, they can still develop, this isn't an issue. When the coach is going to the portal and bringing in guys, like you said, the writing's on the wall. Now the question is, would he have done, here's the question for you, because you mentioned Blake Sims. Because you were like, ah, don't worry about it. Wait, look at what what happened oh, with Blake I, Sims. I, I, so, I remember that, yeah. So... Hypothetically, if Saban had a transfer, if there was a transfer portal, do you think Saban would have gone to the transfer portal in that scenario? In that Probably. situation? Probably. Well, that's good news then, uh, Alabama fans, because that means that Milrow or Simpson could ultimately be still, at this point, a successful. And look how quickly this happened. On the other end, you got Auburn, and Hugh Freeze is quoted as saying, things are moving so slowly. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's three stories about quarterbacks the transfer portal and in and, and three cycles worth of stories in one in tuscaloosa all right coming back brian bosarge will tell us who we need to select at our wnsp draft challenge in order so that we can win the traeger grill from bailey's tv and mattress chick-fil-a <laughs> i could eat there seven times a day where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A <laughs> Suddenly, Suddenly. Alright, 632, here we go A little Chick-fil-A for you early in the morning Nothing gets you going quite like a little giveaway Yeah, and, and it has to do with the NFL uh, draft Okay, yesterday's question had to do with any player who had Alabama ties Whether they were in-state or played for a school outside the state, but a tie to Alabama, who was the um, last Alabama player selected, and it was Jameis Winston. But here's your question, kind of a follow-up. Who was the last Alabama player with ties, either going to school here or was born and raised in this state, who was not a quarterback that was drafted overall number one? All right, the last player with ties to the state who was not a quarterback who was the last one that was drafted overall number one we're going to talk draft now with brian bosarge uh he's with deep fried he's with draft countdown brian welcome to the show and thanks for your contributions during the year good morning is cam newton the answer to the question uh it could have been but he played quarterback so that wouldn't count oh, andre bruce then Thanks, uh, Brian. I really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Um, <laughs> how many do you have right last year, Brian, out of your 32 picks? <laughs> Only kidding. Uh, I Only actually kidding. had n uh, nine right last year, so a little improvement from the year before. Um, still not uh, where I'd like to be, but you know, a little bit better last year. Mark, do I owe him a Chick-fil-A? 
I think you do. All right. I owe you Chick-fil-A, Brian. Hey, by the way, if you're not busy tomorrow, if you really want your expertise, come to walk-ons. Is he eligible to fill out a bracket? Um, Can he? I, I don't see why not. I, I'd have to read right. the fine not, print in the, uh, in the rules, but I don't see why he wouldn't be eligible. I, I would think you would be, Brian, if you're not doing anything. We're giving away a Traeger grill, uh, among other things, and get down to walk-ons and fill out a bracket. So help us out here. or help Not me, but help out our listeners your top 10 in order. Well, despite what the good folks at Reddit uh, would have you believe yesterday that set the betting odds uh, to get shut down yesterday, Will Levis is not going to be the first pick in the draft. It's going to be uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. And um, I, I feel like this has been pretty much a done deal now for the last few weeks. So we, everybody should get that one. It's after that where I think this thing's going to go off the rails. Um, I'm at this point, I'm not even sure who I'm going to have going number two on one of my final mock draft goes right now. I've got Will Anderson in there. Yesterday I had Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech in there. I think the Texans are going to pass on quarterback at two. I think it's going to be one of the two edge defenders. Uh, it could be Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson. Three, I think the Cardinals are going to trade out of this pick. I, I think there's a less than 5% chance Arizona sits at three and actually makes the pick. I think they'll end up moving down, and I think they'll target an offensive uh, tackle with one of those picks. I, I feel like Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle from Ohio State, ultimately ends up with the Arizona Cardinals, whether it's a pick three, whether it's a pick seven, wherever. Uh, the Colts, they're going to take a quarterback at this point. Is it going to be Will Levis? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? I personally think it's going to be C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State, I think could be the best quarterback prospect in this class. Uh, if you take the size factor out of it, he's at, at the very least the second best quarterback in this class. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks at five, you're looking at a uh, defensive player, I believe we're going to go with there. There's an outside chance they could draft Anthony Richardson, but I feel like it's either going to be whichever of Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson doesn't end up with the Texans, I think is who you see ending up with the Seattle Seahawks. Detroit Lions at six. I'm, I'm just Phil Corner is a, almost a lock here, and I think it's going to be Devin Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois. I think he fits more of what they want to do on defense. Las Vegas Raiders at seven. Part of me feels like that uh, offensive line or quarterback in play here, depending on they, – they could be one of the teams that trade up with Arizona. If quarterback's their target, you could look at C.J. Stroud or uh, Will Levis as the target there. Atlanta Falcons are funny to me. I think they can go any number of directions. I've seen corner link to them a lot, despite the fact they traded for Jeffrey Okuda, former top three overall pick from Detroit a few weeks ago. I think this is the opening spot that we see B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas land. I think this could be the wild card pick of the first round for the Falcons. Uh, nine in Chicago, I think they're definitely going to go with an offensive lineman here. Maybe Jalen Carter from Georgia, but uh, – so I'm going to go with Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, who would be the highest drafted senior bowl player uh, if, if that was the case. Uh, he's a pure right tackle only. They, they got a steal in the fifth round last year at left tackle at Braxton Jones. They slide Darnell Wright on the right side, help Justin Fields out. Ten, Philadelphia. They love Jalen Carter from Georgia. He's going to go in the top ten. Philadelphia may move up a little bit. That's the pick they got from the Saints. But I think they ultimately end up with Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia. Talking with Brian Bosarge, uh, Deep Fried Draft, and also uh, uh, Draft Countdown. So, do you think 
these test scores that were revealed, uh, CJ among the quarterbacks had one of the lowest. These new tests, this uh, S2 test scores, it, do you think that's been a, a factor here now uh, as teams look to draft quarterbacks? It certainly seems to be, but like I've seen other people talk about, there's simply not enough. We, I mean, we as definitely people not in the NFL don't have enough data to to determine if that is the be-all, end-all of determining quarterback success. I mean, the stories that Brock Purdy last year scored very high, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, you know, Patrick Mahomes have all scored very high on this test. Well, they were also really good quarterbacks, too, you know, Brock Purdy aside. But so now it's like, is this the determining factor? I, I don't see how it can't be. There were some other things that, that, you know, the same article that came out, you know, basically drug dragging Stroud through the mud, saying he wasn't coachable and this and that, which everything else I've gathered seems to not be true. And the whole Manning camp deal, which got refuted like the day, the next day by 14 different people. So I, I don't know. It feels like, Lee, you go back to the 1983 draft with, Dan, with stories that came out about Dan Marino that, you know, Allegedly, teams are planting stories, you know, that he liked to do drugs and party and all that, and that ends up dropping him down in the draft. This feels like a team or teams that wanted C.J. Stroud to fall down further to get them within striking distance of maybe moving up in a trade scenario starts planting this story out there to try to get you know Stroud to fall a little bit. That's what it feels like to me. We're going to be talking to um, uh, Darrell Luter, of, of the Jags and then uh, Jalen Wayne tomorrow. Where do you have them right now? Have they moved, where, where, where are they stationed in the draft, do you think? I think Luter's ceiling is probably late third round, like in between like pick 90 and pick 103. I think that's probably about as high as we're going to see him go. This is a very deep cornerback class. You know, I think if he was in you know, any other corner class where it wasn't just so stacked, you know, you could be talking about him in the late second round probably, a full round ahead. I think he's probably going to go off the board early Saturday morning, you know, fourth round area. Jalen Wayne, maybe he gets drafted in the sixth round, depending on, you know, if a team falls in love with him as a potential special teams player as well and a contributor in the slot, I think, you know, that's where his ceiling's going to go, but he could also ultimately end up as a priority free agent. What do the Saints do? What do you, what do you, what, what position are they going after, and who looks good for that uh, that selection? You know, I, I really like the Saints' options here. Almost everybody says they're going to go with somebody on the defensive line. That's definitely the betting favorite. Is you know them to go with an edge rusher or defensive lineman? Um, I've seen a lot of people think wide receiver is a way to go. But I circled, and maybe it's just a way to get him in the first round, but I feel like with the troubles they're having right now with Alvin Kamara, and he's suspended for, what, six or eight games to start the season potentially, um, maybe they look to go ahead and let's replace him and get a back that's been comp to him favorably, and that's Alabama's Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. You know, running back's not – not we're not supposed to take running backs in the first round anymore, but you know you can get an electrifying player like that. Um, you can you, you lose absolutely nothing in the transition from Kamara to Gibbs. Okay, let's say they go running back, but let's say Robinson's available, the Texas running back who many people are just raving about as perhaps the number one running back in the draft. Do they go with him instead if he's available? Hey, if he's on Robinson's on the board, then absolutely. Yeah, if he's you, you available, take him over Gibbs. Yeah. All right, so uh, 
And by the way, you're not the first one to suggest that either. Uh, and it's making more and more sense as, as we get closer to draft. But I'm curious, uh, back to the quarterbacks. Let's assume Bryce is one. Stroud is the second one. Who gets taken off the board next after that at quarterback? It becomes a preference of teams at that point. Uh, do do Are they set up to absorb maybe a year, maybe two of – developing Anthony Richardson or are they more ready to go with Will Levis? So I think if it's a team like Seattle or Detroit that had the quarterbacks in place with Geno Smith and Jared Goff respectively, you know, then they can absorb Anthony Richardson more. The Tennessee Titans, another team I think, are set up to absorb Anthony Richardson. They don't report out last night. They're not overly enamored with Malik Willis. Obviously, why would you? You drafted him in the third round last year, so you weren't enamored with him last year either. So, uh, Ryan Tannehill, probably looking to move on from him, but you have him for at least another year. So, Richardson could fit with the Titans as well. Will Levis, I think, if you're looking maybe at the the Las Vegas Raiders, they basically got Jimmy Garoppolo on a bloated one-year deal. You know, he maybe fits more in that uh, – McDaniel's mold, you know, a quarterback. Maybe he even sits, you know, he sits a year behind Garoppolo, but then he's ready to go. So I think just it's totally team dependent. Talking with uh, Brian Bosarts, I wanted to ask you about the 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 individual from Mobile who played at Louisiana who was hurt and is recovering from that uh, car accident. Michael Jefferson. Obviously, he's not going to be drafted this year, but they were projecting him in the what fifth round or so where did you have him at that point before the accident um i had him as a draftable player probably in that sixth round sixth seventh round area i mean i, I thought he would have come off the board he had he put up decent numbers at the combine he was a very productive player and had a good week at the uh at the east west game so I, I thought there was a very good chance he would have been selected uh, high volume you know pass catcher and big production with the raging Cajun. so yeah very good chance he got drafted very tragic you know you know situation there you know all right how about herndon hooker does he go first round maybe i i find it you know as more and more people it's, it seems as we get closer think there's going to, he's going to end up in the in the bottom of the first round but i feel like we do this a lot where we always project that you know, a team will trade back into the first round to get the fifth-year option, and it never really happens. So my, I'm leaning towards no, that he doesn't end up in the first round. But if you are if you see Detroit or Seattle, who both have two first-round picks, pass on quarterback, they both also pick fairly early in uh, round two, and that could be, you know, potential targets for Hendon Hooker. Uh, in, in the early part of the second round. But I, I, at this point, I don't think he ends up in round one. Ryan, I started out having fun with you after, as you answered our Chick-fil-A. You said you had nine right, and meaning you had the player and the team slotted right. right. Isn't that among the highest, though? Did anybody do better among all the draft nicks? That's pretty good. It, was, it ended up being like in the 20s out of, I think, uh, 190 or something like that. It was one of the better years I've had in recent recent memory like the year before i only had six so <laughs> i mean it's it, it was bad it was progress all right let me ask you one hypothetical just for fun assuming let, let let's just for fun say the top pick for whatever reason is not bryce 
which I, I think we all agree is just asinine at this point. But if it's not, we talked about the number two selection being a, a defensive uh, position. Do they pivot and grab Bryce at number two? Because I, I feel like that's the very similar situation that New Orleans and Houston were in with Reggie Bush. Remember Mario Williams? Like, oh, Reggie's going to go number one. Now Reggie's going to go number one. And then he didn't, and he fell to the Saints. Yeah, I can say I can say this with without fail. If for some reason Carolina takes, and let's just say the Will Levis Reddit rumor was true, yeah, and they take Will Levis number one, Houston doesn't even turn the card in. They just get one of them big bullhorns and just scream Bryce Young as soon as they say the Houston Texans yeah. are on the clock. They scream his name out. They yeah. don't even turn the card in. It's done. Bryce Young will be the second pick of the draft. Brian, I hope we see you tomorrow at walk-ons. It'd be fun. If you have nothing better to do, I'd like to see you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. My, my my schedule, as you can about imagine, will be will be very busy. <laughs> I can imagine so, but we always appreciate. And we'll be following up on the draft with you uh, early next week. Okay, really, really appreciate everything. It. You take care. Bye bye now. That's uh, Brian Bosarge. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Congratulations! I got the official official uh, ruling on. Elvis got the uh, – not only did he get the trivia question and the Chick-fil-A, he, he turned in the answer prior to Brian saying it. Well, he actually – Elvis, you're going to get the uh, card because actually, if you remember, Brian, didn't he say Cam Newton first? Yes. So that would have been a disqualifier. Yeah. Uh, all right. So remember the, our WNSP draft party this Thursday at Walk-Ons. We've been talking about it. We're going to have some WNSP T-shirts for anybody that shows up. Uh, the final drive will be broadcasting Michael and Corey from 3 to 6 over there at Walk-On. So come on by and see them. We'll be out there. The WNSP Draft Challenge also, you can get there and get signed up. It's very simple. Just give us your top 10 uh, drafted players in order. So don't worry about trades. If Bryce Young goes number one, he goes number one, regardless of who trades up to get him. Not that anybody should trade him. It's just an example. If you get the most points, and Triple G will be over there judging, There's he's got a... a a point system that you get 10 points for everyone to get right if you're within one draft pick of your guy so if you have if you have Bryce going number two and not number one you get five points if you got him going number three he's not going you don't get any points the winner gets a Traeger grill compliments of Bailey's TV and mattress now as soon as Bryce gets drafted which by all accounts will be very early uh, we will have a separate separate drawing for a Bryce Young jersey, compliments of the vault. So come on, have some great food. Check out everything Walk-Ons has to offer. Meet some of the fine folks here at WNSP and Nick. And come have, come have a good time. It should, be, uh, it should be a lot of fun to see you guys. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one. We'll catch up with Roy Hudson. Andy Herman of Pack-A-Day Podcast will join us at 7. Yesterday, we got the Jets perspective on the Aaron Rodgers trade today we'll get it from the Green Bay perspective Daryl Luter scheduled to join us at 7 30 and Chris Stewart the voice of the Crimson Tide at 8 o'clock Ian Thompson on the NBA at 8 30 of course your phone call 694-1055 in Atlanta the Hawks bounce Janet Jackson from the arena they forced a game six I'd rather go see Janet Jackson but that's just me how do you guys feel about that one stay with us
Hey, this is Coach Tommy Tuberville, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP. And I think a lot of people watching you in the second half in particular and the crowd actually starting to say F. Trey Young mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of remind a lot of people of the Knicks series a couple years ago. I know each year is individual, but I'm just wondering if it sort of felt like that to you. Uh, no, I didn't feel like the Knicks series. I mean, when in the Knicks series, they started at 10 minutes in the first quarter. <laughs> so it was a lot different than the night. But, I mean, somebody, when, when people do that, I, I mean, I think that's just total respect. I mean, they ain't doing that to everybody. You know what I'm saying? 6.54, wrapping up uh, hour number one. That's Triple G's man crush of the day, Trey Young. Uh, welcome back in. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the sports station WNSP. Yeah, we've uh, spent a lot of time on Bryce Young. Well, today it's about Trey Young. 30-footer to win the game, force game six. And because of that, Janet Jackson's concert has been moved from the uh, State Farm Arena in Atlanta to Friday Blasphemy. instead of Thursday. Uh, something that's not blasphemy is my really good friend at Community Bank, Roy Hudson. Roy, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing this morning? Roy, given a choice, Janet Jackson concert or a Hawks playoff game against the Celtics, what, what, are, you, what are you going to? Yeah, that's a tough one. I would probably, I'd say this. I'm a big uh, sports fan. I'd probably go see Janet Jackson. Me too. There you go. Right, the two of you can go. My, uh, Nick and actually, I are going actually, to the basketball actually, game. My sister, sister-in-law just did that. She went and saw her the other night. So she said it was a great time. So I probably would lean that way. Man. I knew there was a reason I liked you, Roy. Our taste in music. All right. Uh, here's another one. Janet Johnson concert or the opening, the grand opening for Community Bank at Gulf Shores. Oh, I'd have to go to the, to the uh, community bank in Gulf Shores. I was by there this weekend, and that building looks fantastic. And, Lee, we're getting close. I think they're striping the, the parking lot uh, at the end of the week. So it's just a few weeks away, and we'll be open and serving the great people down there along the, uh, the coastal line of Alabama. Well, we're available if you need us. Yep, and I got you, I got you marked down. Great. Uh, why hey, is- let me ask you, I, I, I was searching last night on the Internet and come up with this Something popped up on my screen. Something lead to the OG. Now, is uh, that just disregard old that. guy, original gangster. <laughs> what what does that stand for? Uh, both. Probably not both. old guy. Pro- probably not old guy. Not old guy. That that would be disrespectful. Uh, so I would never. Yeah. I would never wait, wait, publicly say it's old guy. I don't mind if you do it though. It, it, it look what it did for LeBron James. Yeah. All right. It's old guy. That's right. That's yeah. old guy. I it, thought it was fantastic. Whoever came, the creative mind that came up with that. Well, it's our uh, producer, Nick Wiggins. Yep. Well, there you go. The creative, there you go. The creative mind of Nick Wiggins, uh, along with the assistance of some pharmaceuticals, uh, he will no longer be trusted uh, because <laughs> the end result is just yeah. is too good. That's great. Uh, like I was going to ask you about what makes Community Bank so special. We only got less than a minute now, Roy. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> – I think it's our experienced team of bankers that we talked about and our simple approach to look to delivering our products and services. Uh, you come in, we meet with you. We, we don't do anything eccentric. We just say, what's your needs? What then we come up with the best possible solution of what, the, what you're trying to do. And I think that's what sets us apart. It's just the interaction between the customer and the team member. And it usually works out really well to our customers. So that's, that's one of the reasons there, Lee. 
Have a great day. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Roy. All right. Thank you. You know, it takes me a while to catch on to things here. I'm not. No. Yeah, it does. Come that's on. Why, that's why I have you here, Mark. But yesterday I finally figured out where you came up with Triple G because one of our uh, friends had asked for Nick's handle. Twitter handle? No, the um, email handle. And I didn't realize that there were three G's in it. And I said, you know what? Now I know why you refer to him as that. I never looked at the full thing before. I always just posted Nick. I didn't realize it had three G's in it. Well, actually, the reason I called him Triple G was because, you know, I was promoting Twitter handles, and he has a, a third G because the traditional spelling of Wiggins apparently was already taken. Is yeah. that accurate? But he's got... I, I, I like to say that the G's stand for oh greatness, goodness... Gooberness. <laughs> Let him Don't gloat you. today. Let him gloat. It's his day. Guts. Let him gloat. Glory. That's right. All right. Old. Uh, if there's a word that starts with G that describes <laughs> Nick, I know where this is going. put it in the app, WNSP.com. Let's show him what goat? we're made of, people. Goat? Is he the goat yet? There you go. See, now goat? you're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only words I can think of that, start with G <laughs> that can describe me accurately. Um, Andy Herman's next. Pack It A Podcast. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 704, and you guys have responded as I know you would. G words to describe Nick Wiggins. How gracious are they? Gnarly, game changing, gigantic, goober, goober, groping, girly, grotesque. They run the gamut. Oh, there's another one. I identify with at least two of those. <laughs> <laughs> so keep them coming, everybody. You want to know what the Triple G stands for? Well, we're trying to come up with some words that uh, that would aptly describe Mr. Wiggins there. All right. Headlines Thursday night. Uh, State Farm Arena belongs to Trey Young. Sorry, Ooh. Janet. Janet's getting moved to Friday. No respect. Uh, also, uh, Tyler Buckner visiting Alabama on his first tour. Maybe that's the only place he goes. He is the Notre Dame quarterback has entered the transfer portal. Are you surprised? After all, Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator there. He worked with Tommy at Notre Dame. And of course, the follow-up to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers uh, penciled uh, a, a nice thank you to the Green Bay Packer fans. And now he's on his way to New York to quarterback the Jets. To that, we talked about the Jets version yesterday. Let's get the Packer version. Andy Herman, really pleased that Andy's joining me this early Pack-A-Day podcast. Good morning, Andy. How are you today? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great, guys. It's draft week. Aaron Rodgers was just traded. Not, not a slow news week in Green Bay. Not at all keeping you busy. What's been the reaction to the Packer fans to the deal as, as far as you can ascertain? 
Yeah, I think there's a few different things. I think, first of all, there's a ton of love and respect and reverence for everything that Aaron has brought to Green Bay. Um, I think uh, everything sort of hit, obviously, yesterday when Aaron posted the Instagram post and obviously when we saw, uh, you know, the, the trade terms from Adam Schefter a couple days ago. So uh, I think that's the first thing is just, uh, like I said, a lot of love and respect for everything that he's done, not only for the Packers, but the city of Green Bay, the state of Wisconsin, uh, everything like that. So I think that's number one. I think number two, I think everyone in some capacity is, is kind of excited that it, the, the process is done, not that he's necessarily gone, but that the process is done. I think it's important to remember that this was not a random you know, tweet in March where everyone woke up and Adam Schefter tweeted out that Aaron Rodgers has been traded and everyone was shocked, right? This was something that had been building for some time at the end of the offseason. Everyone knew that this was a possibility that could happen, and I think there was certainly uh, some support that this you know, should or could happen. And then I think you all of a sudden got to the darkness retreat aspect of this, and all of a sudden you're like, I think there was a lot of uh, just fatigue from the entire Rogers situation, not necessarily Aaron's fault, not necessarily the Packers' fault, but just fatigue from the general situation. It's been the third straight off season that this has basically been going on in some capacity. Um, so I think, you know, I think everyone's just kind of excited that the, the process is over and it happened before the draft. And I think the last thing, I think Packer fans are pretty excited about the draft capital that Brian Gutekunst was able to get in return. Um, not only a second round pick this year, moving up to pick 13, but then also in all likelihood a first-round pick next year as well. So uh, I think those are the, the three emotions that people are sort of going through right now. So compare and contrast, how different or was it much different um, in terms of Aaron Rodgers parting ways with Aaron Rodgers than, than, than when they parted with Brett Favre? And did this franchise learn anything and handle this situation differently because they went through something I guess kind of similar with, with, with Favre. Yeah, there's a, there's some major differences. I think, first of all, the, the city of Green Bay was a city divided when Brett got traded. I mean, there was so much vitriol for Ted Thompson. Aaron yeah. Rodgers received death threats at the times, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Like, it was a crazy time in Green Bay. You would see a ton of people wearing, you know, uh, Jets, Farve jerseys in Green Bay, even eventually Vikings Farve jerseys in Green Bay. Like it, it split uh, a lot of the fan base, and basically uh, a good portion of them for that season went in just were a Brett Favre fan and a Jets fan. And like I said, some even went to be a Viking fan when he went to Minnesota. Um, I don't sense that same vitriol and anger this time around. And I think for a few of the reasons that I just mentioned, I think a partly because we, you know, Packer fans have been through this before with the Favre situation. Uh, we've sort of been there done that we understand how this works um i think secondly uh, is because this has been going on i know at the time Favre had retired unretired unretired retired yeah. all of it over and over back and forth a million times over uh but this was Favre was the guy that took this franchise from the the depths of the abyss where it was on you know shaky legs at best and brought them uh to prominence won a super bowl i mean this was uh, he felt like the chosen one and rogers in a very similar way has obviously a lot of that same respect but it was wasn't quite the same where, um, you know, he, he elevated, I think, what Brett had brought to Green Bay, but it wasn't like he sort of saved the Packers the way that Brett did. Um, and yes, I do think the organization and, and maybe even more importantly, the fan base, you know, kind of learned how to handle the situation from what happened with Brett the first time. And, and I think maybe the most important thing at all 
is I, I know that, you know, Aaron probably hasn't handled this perfectly, uh, but I think it was a lot more respectful and uh, a lot differently than Brett handled it. Brett was obviously extremely upset on the way out, and I'm sure Aaron probably has some hard feelings as well, but he's handled it in a totally different manner. He's been amazing with Jordan Love uh, in handling that entire situation. And even this earlier this offseason, he said, you know what, there, there doesn't have to be a villain in this story. I understand that Green Bay might want to go in a different direction, and, you know, you know, understanding that Aaron may want to go in a different direction, and th- this is business. It is what it is, and I think everyone's used to seeing Tom Brady in a different jersey, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Like, we've, we've seen it all by now. Andy, hypothetically, Jordan Love takes over. Will we be talking about him in the same vein as Favre and Rodgers 10 to 15 years from now? Is he the guy? Uh, I think he can be the guy as a starter. I, I think that would be a lot of expectations to put on Jordan uh, going into this, uh, you know, going into really the start of his true career. Uh, I think he showed some signs over this past season. I, I know a lot of people want to go back to last year and say, like, well, why didn't Green Bay trade Aaron and, and get the, the huge haul from the Denver Broncos? Imagine what they could have done with that. And there, there's certainly some level of truth to that. But at the same token, just Jordan wasn't ready a season ago. And I think he took a major step. I think actually Aaron sort of clamoring for Tom Clements as quarterback coach, I think in, in a, a real real way, I think he did that more for Jordan than he did for himself. He, listen, he knows the Tom Clements playbook probably better than Tom does at this point. Like He knows everything Tom's going to teach him. I think that hire in large part was for Jordan, and I don't think it's a mistake that, that the same way that Aaron started to take a jump when Tom got hired in Green Bay that time is the same reason that uh, Jordan took a jump right when Tom came into Green Bay this time. So the fact that he's back in Green Bay, meaning Tom Clements, uh, to continue this maturation process of Jordan Love, I think there's a lot of really positive signs here. But I think there's going to be a very strong growth curve for not only Jordan Love, but this Packers franchise and the Packers fan base, who's been going for 30 seasons with Hall of Fame quarterback play, basically, and now is going to go to really an unknown, unproven quarterback. And I still think the sky is the limit for Jordan. I think he can you know, do it as, as, as well as he possibly could in this league, but I think there's going to be a real steep learning curve, and I think there's going to be a process to that. He's Andy Herman. Check it out, Pack-A-Day Podcast. All right, finish this statement. With the 13th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select... I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa. You know, Green Bay has a specific type that they like early in the draft, and I know a lot of people want to hear the other three-letter name, JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, but uh, LVN, Lucas Van Ness, fits everything they look for. He's a premium position player on the edge, certainly something that they're going to need long-term to pair with a Rashawn Gary. Uh, out of, obviously, the University of Iowa, extremely, extremely athletic, which is something they really value. He's young, I think 21, going on 22 years old, which is also something they generally value. You. And, uh, you know, you look at the classic Green Bay Packer pick. This guy never started in college, and uh, this would be the most Green Bay thing ever to be in the top 13 and draft uh, a player who obviously didn't start. It. Uh, it's silly because, of course, he was phenomenal at, at Iowa, regardless of whether he was starting or not. But this just screams Green Bay Packer pick off the page. And I think if he's there at 13, I think there's a very good chance that they take him. A lot of talk about the Jets because of acquiring Rodgers, getting a lot of primetime games. Favre. Rodgers obviously made Green Bay a primetime attraction. So where's the attraction now? I think it's people wanting to see what this Green Bay team is going to look like for the first time in 30 years without a Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. And I think that people are intrigued. They're like, did they do it again? Like you, you just asked, like, is this 
another Hall of Fame potential quarterback in Jordan Love, and, and Bears fans and Vikings fans and Lions fans are just going to roll over and be like, oh, not again? Uh, or is this going to be, for the first time, Green Bay having to figure out how to win football games with a okay-to-good quarterback, maybe? And I think there's some intrigue in that as well. So I think that's going to be the intrigue from a national standpoint. It's just, what, what does this Packers team look like without Brett Favre, without Aaron Rodgers? And what is what can Jordan Love do? I think there's an intrigue there as well. So I think that's probably the start of it. Um, but I think there's some real interesting players that are on this team still. This is not a team that completely ripped the Band-Aid and said, all right, we're, you know, we're moving on from Aaron. We're going to go incredibly young. This is still a team with the Rashawn Gary once he comes back from ACL, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark. Um, there's a, like Christian Watson made a pretty extreme jump in the second half of last season. Aaron Jones, Elton Jenkins. There's a lot of talent still on this team. So I don't necessarily know that this is just all of a sudden the bottom feeder football team. And the NFC, in, in NFC North and the NFC as a whole uh, looks completely up for grabs at this moment. So I think there's still going to be some intrigue there. I don't know if you could really, uh, not being in the locker room, or maybe you have, could you can you get a, an analysis or, or figure out how the team players feel about this? Were they were they all in for Rodgers? Were they in for Love? Was it divided? Do, do you think the players are, 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 are excited about this now? I, you know, I don't think we can tell quite yet. I think as we start getting into more of the OTAs and the mini camps and those sort of things, I think we'll probably get a little bit more of a vibe for it um, as we're able to, you know, ask some of those questions and, and get a, a better feel for it. I don't, I don't know that any of the Packer players are like, you know, yay, we we traded away Aaron Rodgers and he's going to go to the Jets. There, there was a lot of love and respect and reverence from the, the Packer players for, for uh, Aaron, obviously. So I think there's probably going to be a transition there. At the same token, there were a lot of players already last year that were going out and on record publicly and saying Jordan's ready to start. He's a starting caliber quarterback. He's better than a lot of the quarterbacks that are starting in this league right now. So uh, I think there's uh, uh, an excitement there to see again what Jordan could do and to help him out and to start this new chapter in Green Bay. So I think most of the players are concerned about you know how they're playing, uh, what they can do to help the team, and, and probably looking at what they're you know what they could do to get that next contract more than anything. Uh, but I think they're also going to understand that there's going to be a little bit of a transition here. Hey, we appreciate you coming aboard. As you said, very busy time. Uh, how can people continue to follow your coverage of all things Green Bay Packers? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL, and make sure to check out the Packaday podcast, both wherever you get your favorite podcast, as well as over on YouTube, a new episode 365 days a year. Hey, man, enjoy the draft. Thanks for everything. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Yep, Andy Herman, a Packaday podcast. All right, uh, we come back. Uh, scoreboard, traffic, and weather. Uh, some really good G words to describe what the triple G's stand for. Guilty. Wow. Genuine, gaudy, god-awful. I like the genuine. Gnarly. Mm, I like that. Gluten-free. Seven seventeen. stay with us. We're rolling along here on a uh, Wednesday edition. It's the opening kickoff. This is Richie Riley, the head men's basketball coach of South Alabama. There's nothing better than listening to WNSP Sports Radio, 105.5 FM. And the lefty deals. Ozzie, pretty well struck. Left center. Gone! The Wizard of Ozzie has left the building. 
723, here we are on a Wednesday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. All right, that was uh, one of Ozzy Albee's two home runs yesterday as the uh, Braves won their second in a row over the Miami Marlins. Dr. Christopher Mullinex and his team, including Dr. Aaron Wallander and Dr. Michael Babston, are located at 715 Downtown or Boulevard. I call your attention to this in case you need any kind of oral or facial surgery. Uh, they provide facial trauma, knocked out teeth, wisdom teeth, dental implants, draw surgery, cliff palate, and much, much more. Uh, if you have a, uh, a need immediately, let's say something happens in the morning and you want to get in there, they can take day of uh, 471-3381. Now, I first heard of Dr. Mullenix through my dentist, John. He uh, sent me to him for a dental implant, which I knew nothing about, and this was years and years ago. I've had about seven since, and things have worked out very well. Why? Because Dr. Mullenix is very professional and very personable. I highly recommend it. You don't need a referral, but I certainly would recommend them if anything crops up with a problem with facial or oral surgery. Uh, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. It, it appears Alabama did exactly what a number of Alabama fans didn't think they were going to do. They hit the portal. Which, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not alone out there, but how many of y'all are man enough to admit that you would rather go see Janet Jackson in concert than go watch game six of Hawks Celtics? I'm not a... uh, Roy's with me. I'm not. You're not. And we know Triple G's not. Well, yeah, and of course his allegiance. But I mean, my allegiance, I like the Hawks, but I'm not a Hawks fan. You know, fan like you know, like uh, Triple G is. I'm more of a, a Knicks fan, but I would go try to see the Hawks and the Celtics game six NBA playoff. It was a regular season game. Eh, I might lean towards. You know what, Mark? I just don't know enough about her music. Okay, if you said to me Eagles, Springsteen, Neil Diamond, Frankie like Valley, Frankie Valley. If it was a regular season game, I might lean to that. But playoff series games, I mean, there's nothing like them. Um, and I and it's nothing against Janet Jackson, just because I'm not hater. familiar. Who who else? No, I called you a hater. Oh no, no, I don't, not at all. I just don't know enough about her music, and I don't know her songs that it would really interest me to go and see her. Now, if somebody, look, I've been to concerts before. I've been to concerts where people have invited me, and I went. I knew nothing about it. It was okay. I mean, you know, if I, it, it, familiarity is is important to me. At least knowing a song or two. Gosh, there was a group out there years and years ago as the jersey shore called renaissance it was like a supposedly a big time concert and i went the, the songs went like about eight minutes yeah so <laughs> it's a little long for me but um you know i think if uh you were to watch janet jackson whenever she performed rhythm nation that that might win you over ba- back in my day of teaching dance at the boys and girls club i actually taught a, a group of third graders the Rhythm Nation? That that entire choreography. Really? Did yeah. you ever tackle, I don't know if you have to sign a waiver with the uh, the Miss You Much dance, uh, the chair dance scene at the end of the video? Did you ever yeah, see we, that one? No, we, uh, we, we didn't do that part. Yeah, it's, it's a little hardcore. I did wonder, though, when I heard that the Hawks had won, what it would do, which took priority. Concerts are booked very far in advance. I mean... Like if, if let's say a group is let's say if the Rolling Stones were going out on another tour, they'd have it all outlined for a full year. You know, they don't know who's playing at the arena or not. Uh, and it's not like you can 
Well, maybe why couldn't they move it to another locale? You know, Janet I think Jackson. Insurance and stuff will cover acts of God. That <laughs> what might if disrupt an event? Why, is that what we're calling Trey Young like now? A she, oh, I, or maybe uh, Trey Young's performance. All right, let me throw this out at you. Thirty footer. Is she big enough to go to the Mercedes Benz Arena in Atlanta? Uh, actually, I think there. I think she has a show. If I if I'm not mistaken, I think she's doing two shows in Atlanta. So I think she's going – I think it's today. It was supposed to be to, today and tomorrow. So I think it got moved from today and Friday. So she got a day to kill. So if you're in the Atlanta era, area – Now, did, what the, if she wants to go see the Hawks? Will she get front front row seats? I bet they'd let her do halftime. She's, that's beneath her. Nah. Yeah. Being on the same court as Trey Young? Are you kidding me? Nah. That's that's beneath her. She'd do a Pelicans game for sure. <laughs> I mean, have a smile and a smoothie. Sit there with Zion. Uh, yeah, but yeah, sit with Zion. That's Pel- right. Pelicans aren't in it anymore. Z- Zion would be at the concession stand. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> uh, all right, we got a very special guest coming up next. Right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. By the way, we're also taking suggestions. What should the Triple G's stand for for our own Nick Wiggins? Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. We'll share those with you. Everybody? Everybody. Everybody. Like, join in the fun. Baseball question to get you four tickets for the Jags game against Troy this Saturday. Four tickets to go see South Alabama and Troy. It's a baseball question. So, Tampa, with their amazing start, opened up the year 22 straight games with at least one home run. And that kind of set a record. That was stopped two days ago, and yesterday they were shut out. But I want to know, name the Major League team that has the all-time record for consecutive games with a home run. And it occurred just a couple years ago. In fact, the the answer is 31. But I want you to name the team that had a home run in at least 31 straight games. South Alabama hit a home run with Darrell Luter when they uh, brought him in to play defensive back. He is going to go in the... NFL draft this coming weekend. He's on the line with us right now. Darrell, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Glad to be on the show this morning. Oh, we wish you were here in person. You're a great guest. Okay, so what have you been doing to get ready for the draft? Man, I've just been training. I've been training and working out, you know, and just keeping my mind, just focused on this draft. You know, it can get kind of tricky and and a little weird, you know, just far as like, you know, kind of know who's going to pick you, what round you're going to go, but, you know, just kind of keeping the main thing the main thing. Have you talked to a lot of teams? 
I talked to a few of them. Uh, I mean, just to go off the top of my head, as far as Zoom goes, uh, I've talked with the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Cardinals, Green Bay Packers, the Raiders, um, the Bills, the Chargers, and then, like, I was on 230 visits with the 49ers and the Cardinals. So, it's, it's been a good amount. The draft is tricky. Many times a player gets drafted and the player says, I didn't even know they were interested in me because they didn't really talk. Then a lot of times you talk to a team and they show a lot of interest. Do you get that feeling from a team that they really, really want you? Uh, I mean, honestly, um, I mean, again, no, nah, not really. Like you, you, you really don't know. You don't know till you know. And like you said just a few seconds ago about, like, it'd be teams that, you know, don't even talk or haven't even talked with throughout the year, like, that really are interested uh, interested in you, you know. So, you know, it, it gets kind of weird, though. So what – people say that all the time, that they have conversations with teams. What, like, what what is that conversation like? Like, you be a GM and you interview Lee right now as, like, as a prospective draftee. What would you – what would that conversation be like? So first and foremost, they'll probably be like, you know, first, how you doing? You know, uh, super proud of you, you know, for even making it this far. Um, and then they'll go in to ask, like, you know, what? They'll give me a little bit of your background. You know, was you raised by mom and dad? Did you have any siblings? You know, how how was it coming out of high school? You know, did you go JUCO? How was it, your football career going into college? Um, and then, like, they'll tell you first and foremost, like, you know, we've seen your film. It was great. You know, we liked a lot of things. Uh, and then we'll actually either we'll watch film on, you know, the game that you play in or we'll actually watch, you know, their film and go through an install uh, of their defense. And we'll go through it and then basically you'll have to reiterate it uh, back to them to just see how well your memory is. And then we'll watch a little bit of their game film. And they'll kind of ask you questions like, you know, this corner do this right? Was he aligned right? Was his assignment right? Um, and then we'll just, we'll just go from there. And, you know, of course, if you do a good job, they'll tell you at the end, you know, and just pray. And then at the end, they'll be like, well, we hope to make you uh, such and such on the team. You know, good luck to you for this upcoming draft. Uh, and then we get off. Do they ever ask a question where you say it's none of your business? Nah, nah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not at all. Darrell Luter joining us. So how are you going to spend draft weekend? Like, is, are you going to actually sit in front of the TV and watch either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or, or just what? What are your plans? So I actually am going to watch all three days because I, I do have some guys um, – that I'm going to support for all three days for sure. Uh, but I am going to have a draft party this weekend regardless. Have a draft party this weekend with my family, just knowing because, you know, uh, if anybody knows how football is, just how sports can be in general, you make a lot of sacrifices, you know, just not being able to see your family a lot. So I feel like this time would be, you know, great for me to do that because once the – once I do get drafted, you know, we go into season and everything, like, ain't no telling when will be the time that I'll truly be able to be back home, you know, like with my family as far as, like, cousins, aunties, and uncles. So just want to get that time to cherish that moment at least with them. So hypothetically, take a guess. What round do you think you'll go in? Uh, 
I, I would just say in between fourth through uh, fourth through six. I'd just say that. Wow, because we had Brian Bosarge. He didn't he project third. I think he did for Darrell Luter. I think he said, yeah, he did project you for third round. That'd be wonderful. Uh, Do you have room for Mark and I to come to your party? Yeah, now I'm all interested in this party, man. What are we doing? (laughs) I was like, look, look, I wasn't thinking about it. Um, Like, we we made the list, man. It was going to be, like, just immediate family type stuff. But it was like, I didn't think about nobody else as far as, like, you know, outside of that. I mean, I do have like, people that I'm close with as far as, like, a friend. Uh, he's my best friend. I know Zeke Chapman. He'll be there. And, like, my DB coach, Coach Dwight, he'll, um, he'll be there. But other than that, like, it hasn't been nobody else. Kane Womack, he's not invited? No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't invite him. I didn't invite him. <laughs> so is it BYOB, or are we going to have a spread, or what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> we have everything at the house. We have all the food. We have all the food. Oh, don't don't tell us that. Lee's gonna be lurking in the bushes. You want to see if if if, if, God, if if one of your friends rolls into the party and they're like, dude, there's some old guy down the street in the bushes. It's Lee. <laughs> oh no, oh no. If you have be fruit and vegetables, up. No, it'd be all good. But welcome you in anytime. So let's go back in history. When did you? I'm not sure I've asked you this before, but when did you start thinking that you're good enough to be an NFL player? When, when did it hit you? Man, honestly, like, it, it hit me um, during Pearl River when I was back in Juco. Uh, like, just to give you a, another short story from from high school, of course, everybody know I got two offers out of high school, but what some people didn't know was it was a time in my life um, before I went to Pearl where, you know, I didn't think that football was for me just because, I got into a place that I shouldn't have gotten into far as mind-wise where I was discouraged. You know, I didn't I didn't get the offers that I wanted, but when you sit back and you look at things, you'd be like, well, you did get an opportunity. And so I got that opportunity, and I took advantage of it. And so those first two years, you know, were very, were very uh, vital for me, and, and it benefited me very well. And so when I did get those offers, you know, Besides South Alabama, that kind of, you know, uh, encouraged me a lot more, and and it definitely got me to the plate, got me to a place where it's like, okay, football got to be meant for me, you know. So, you know, got into South Alabama. Uh, of course, everybody knows 2020. I didn't play as much, but once 2021 rolled in, it was a new beginning because it was a new coaching staff. You know, that's when things started to work out in my favor. So, I would definitely say starting at Pearl River was was a place where I felt that I knew football was going, was meant for me even in the next level. This is the year a lot of cornerbacks coming out this year. Um, yep. it's, that's that's what we're told, that, that there's a lot of – the strength is in cornerbacks. So is that your position that you're looking at? Is that what they're saying or a safety in the mix or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so most so most teams, I mean, we've, we've been talking uh, about – Corner and nickel. I mean, I played nickel in high school. I played a little bit of nickel while I was at South. It was like for one game, I would tell them. And then, of course, I got reintroduced to it during the senior bowl. So I'm very comfortable with playing both. And, I mean, it's, it's good that I can play both uh, play both, and uh, be very versatile instead of just sticking to one position because if you're full, if you're full with corners on one, then they can always use you for something else. They'll find a way to use your skill you know, 
to help them out. So, like, being doing that and having another position to be able to play in, you know, is, is very beneficial. All right, quick uh, rapid round here. Quick, quick Q&A here. Uh, best receiver you ever played against? Uh, last name, uh, Jalen Hall. Jalen Hall. It was West Kentucky. All right. West Kentucky. Who, uh, biggest trash talker you ever faced one-on-one on the field? Hold on. Uh, repeat that, please. Biggest trash talker on the field that you went uh, against? I would say, I, I don't remember his name, but, uh, he was from, uh, Old Dominion. He was trying to give me look, he was trying to give me to talk like that whole game. Like he kept talking trash and everything. He was trying to just get me he was trying to provoke me. And so like, you know me, I I just stay calm through it all. Like you can't like people really just can't get into my head like this. So Favorite NFL team as a uh kid? As a kid? Uh, I say the Saints as a kid. Oh, I knew there was a reason I liked you. Um <laughs> <laughs> Most memorable moment uh at South Alabama. Oh, repeat that. I'm sorry. Most memorable moment at South Alabama. Oh, man. I have a lot. I mean, honestly, I can't even just pick one. It's been, I mean, it's been a lot of them, you know, uh, just once coming to South Alabama, even with the old coaching staff, you know, everybody as a whole, from transfer guys, the guys that was already there, we we all made an impact and we all made a relationship with each other, so. I mean, I can't just pickpoint any any moment because it's been every moment, honestly. The sport you'd play if football wasn't an option? Um, I'd say basketball if football was an option. Can you dunk? Oh, yeah, of course. I, of <laughs> course. I can jump out the gym. Yeah, anybody, <laughs> I can jump out the gym. Hey, well, we appreciate you hanging with us, man. No, it's an exciting time. Just, uh, Text us those deets on the party, and we'll be over there as uh, as time allows. We're we're very social folks, but uh, wish you hey congratulations, congratulations on all the success, and we wish you the best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much. All right, man. Yeah, that reminded me. I was, and I like I don't mind promoting the Dan Patrick show. I think it's 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 I enjoy listening to it. Um, and I guess it was two days ago somebody called up and said they were. Uh, going to invite they were getting married in another year and they were going to invite dan patrick to the wedding <laughs> and dan said well make sure you, you know send us an invitation you know and if we're not doing anything we'll we'll be there yeah can you imagine just this talking to a, a, a host you don't even really know and then inviting them to uh to a wedding along those lines and then they started talking about like events that he and the danettes have and I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. The Danettes have been to like they would, they I think they said they went to a wedding one time, but then they got into stuff like, you know, wedding shows, and it came back to the wedding crashers. And what really got my attention was when they said, "Has it really been 30 years since that movie came out?" My gosh, if it it seems like 30 years seems like an eternity eternity ago. And anyway, I could be one wrong of the, that. the funniest movies I've ever seen. Absolutely, I I, I just. And it's been uh, – it came oh. out in 2005, so it's oh, no, not so yet. Not, not yet. So I'm sorry. They were referring to buddy movies, movies with uh, buddies. Right. I made a mistake on that. It wasn't about the wedding, but they did get this guy calling up and inviting him to a wedding. Well, here's the thing I've learned over the years, in all seriousness. When we talk about our listeners, we don't necessarily have a name or a face to put with those guys. But you guys that listen to us 
we're part of your day. Like that's when when we were out at our um, basketball, our March Madness matchup challenge. I had somebody come up to me and tell us how much we mean to him. He's a truck driver. He listens to us every morning. We're part of his regiment. So when we start, you know, they get, you guys get to know us a lot more intimately than 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 sometimes we we understand and and. Well, hopefully that'll be the case tomorrow afternoon. I'm not saying we're getting Come wedding on, invitations I know, in the mail. Hey, yo, Jason, I know you're driving in your car right now. Nick sees you. And yeah. Tyler, hey, what's up, man? See? Kyle, hey. I well, bet I freaked three people out just then. Well, tomorrow's a good time to, <laughs> for those people to come out and see you. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be out at uh, – or it'll be a good time for us to see them for a change. So um, come on out to walk-ons for our WNSP draft party. Uh, from 3 to 6, the final drive will be broadcasting, so Corey and Michael will be uh, out there. So if you want to come by and throw something at them while they're on the air, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Nick's going to be out there. I'll be out there. I think Lee's coming out for a bit, maybe. 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 Uh, but come on out and take part in our WNSP Draft Challenge. It's real simple. You get a list. Just give us 10 names. And uh, where you uh, pred- the prediction of the top 10 draft uh, selections. And Nick will tabulate. And the winner We'll get a um, Traeger grill from Bailey's TV and Mattress, which is a great gift. You're going to fill one of those out just for the heck of it? What's that? You're going to fill out one of those just for the heck of it, see how you do? Probably not. Why not? Uh, It's going to be kind of neat to see. Do it. It goes from asking me if I'm doing it to demanding that I should do it. Why not? From the guy who's not even going to show up. I tell you what, I'll do it. I didn't say I'm not showing up. Did you see uh, Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? I did. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, I, I, That's like the best I, line I, of the whole movie. Do it. <laughs> I saw the original. Do heck it. with Stiller and I, I go back to when the, the real one came out. The real one. The real Starsky and Hutch, not the follow-up. Well, if you watched the fake one, you would know that the real Starsky and Hutch thought so much of it, they were actually in the movie. That's right. Doing what? Cameos. Oh. So if they thought it was a real movie, maybe you should get on board, Shervanian. Well, and Snoop Dogg was in it. Oh, now I... That dude now, knew a lot about my, grass in that yeah, movie. Now, now, now you got my attention. Another dog. Yep. Another Arf. doggy. So come on out. Uh, and by the way, if that's not enough with the Traeger Grill valued at $1,200, we also have a Bryce Young jersey, compliments of the vault. As soon as he gets drafted, we're going to um, we're gonna do a... Um, a drawing with those that are there, so you have to be there for that. Uh, he'll get drafted pretty quick, clearly. And then we'll also have WNSP T-shirts. Everybody that walks in for our NSP draft party will get a T-shirt. How about that? So there's no excuse. There is no excuse. There really is none. I mean, you want to come share with uh, Nick to his face what the G stand for? You want him to go a little acapella after his he dropped the new track yesterday? I mean, whatever you guys want. You don't have anything better to do. It's you draft me, night. John, you don't have anything better to do. Hey, did we get a winner on the tickets? We did not, no. Mm. I think people were too encapsulated by that interview. Pretty good. All right, one final time on Jag tickets uh, against Troy. Name the Major League Baseball team that holds the record for consecutive games with a home run. The, 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 the number of games is 31. Happened just a few years ago. Uh, name the Major League team that has that record, most consecutive games with a home run. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break, come back. Uh, We'll let Nick go to work there. 
We'll wrap up hour number two next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Chris Stewart will kick off hour number three. It's the opening kickoff. This is former Mobile TV sportscaster Eric Clemens, and when I'm in town, I listen to 105.5 FM Sports Radio, WNSP. Welcome back in. Hey, I want to remind you quickly, if you're new to our area, new to our show, first of all, welcome. But if you're uh, closing on the age of 65, you're still working, maybe looking to retire in the next 12 months, you got some options coming up that you're going to have to make some decisions on, especially when it comes to Medicare. Uh, there's going to be a lot of information out there, and Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors is the guy you need to call. It's 463 It's 463-0031. He doesn't sell you Medicare. Uh, insurance he simply advises you on the best route to go when it comes to your coverage there are a number of different scenarios that you could be facing you could still be working and drawing health benefits from your company do you have to get medicare you could be you could have va benefits do you need to get medicare there there are a number of different options there are too many to go into but the truth of the matter is medicare insurance advisors uh, was founded with a focus on being a community resource for the senior market so this is where aiden comes in He's local, he's knowledgeable, and you can go see him at his office on Highway 98 and Daphne across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Uh, there's never a fee for a service, guys. He's here to help you. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. No sooner does the Alabama A-Day game get over with two days later uh, on the question of whether Nick Saban looks to the portal Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame quarterback, enters the portal. It just seems like it's so obvious to me. And there's certain things in sports that are just so obvious it's going to happen. Like when Aaron Rodgers says, I want to go to the Jets. And then the Jets owner says, I want him. Yeah, you kind of got the feeling it was going to happen. Well, Buckner was recruited to Notre Dame from California uh, and was offered, I think, by Alabama but he chose Notre Dame and worked with Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese is now the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Buckner goes under this so-called, I can contact you, but you can't contact me. Alabama's his first visit. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens within a day or two, Mark. Yeah, he's got a do not contact tag on him, which I didn't, to you, like I you, no I didn't know idea. that exists in the transfer portal. But here's the thing. I think it would be a lot more fun. Wouldn't it be more fun if all athletes had do not contact tags? Like, they had to do the work. You're jumping in the transfer portal. You reach out to these schools. You recruit them. Let's turn the tables. Let's see how much fun it would be the other way around. But if he's coming to Tuscaloosa, that's all you need to know about what Nick Saban thinks about his quarterbacks. And I brought up an interesting point. Hypothetically, if there was, if there was a transfer portal back when Blake Sims didn't play well, and I don't know the answer to this, 
you remember we talked about it yesterday. He didn't have a great A day game, and you know the fall, the sky was falling. Would he have gone to the transfer portal then? And if the answer is yes, then that's that's actually good news for you, Milrow or Simpson fans, because that means they could they still have time to turn this around. But the fact that they're even hosting anybody, regardless of who it is, tells you everything you need to know about how they feel about the quarterback situation and whether in the whole. You know, there's time to get on track. Clearly, there's not if he's looking Well, the it. thing, too, is and you put yourself in the minds of Milrow and Simpson, which is impossible to do, but can they feel good about this? I mean, number one, they're battling one another to see who gets the start. And then if, if Buckner decides to come to Alabama with his ties to Tommy Reese, how can you feel good about this? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right. Somebody in the app, who's better fit at Auburn, Milrow or Simpson? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. But here's the other thing, too. So Hugh Freeze at the other part of the state, he's saying, hey, I thought there'd be a lot more action. Now, here's, here's Alabama maybe, maybe on the verge of getting the transfer from Notre Dame. And Hugh Freeze is saying, gosh, I thought there'd be a lot more going on these days. This is very slow. Like, what's what? We got a dividing line, you know, in the state? Like, all of a sudden, in, in less than two or three days, this could be for Alabama. But here's Hugh Freeze looking around, and I guess, unless he's being coy about it, doesn't see anything he wants yet. All right, so coming up in hour number three, Chris Stewart kicks things off. Ian Thompson on the NBA at 8.30. If you had a choice, and I, I feel like I'm in the minority here, Hawks, Celtics, Game 6, or Janet Jackson tickets, which one are you going for? Lee and Nick are going Hawks. Roy Hudson and I are going to see Janet Jackson. <laughs> it's the 90s anymore, man. <laughs> it's Miss Jackson if you're nasty, by the way. Look, you could just go out. Look, we're Probably, all a part of the rhythm. You just nation. go to look. You go to see the Hawks, Celtics, and you can go home and listen to her on one of your CDs or something like that. One of my CDs. That's what, actually a pretty CD good reference. CD player. Am yeah. I? Are we up to? Am I? Are, is there something new now? Have CDs out? Or? Oh yeah, CDs just came out last week, Lee. No, I'm talking. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Right, 8.04 here on a Wednesday. It's really, it's not really Wednesday. It's kind of WNSP Draft Challenge Eve. Because tomorrow, we're going to uh, we're gonna be at walk-ons tomorrow afternoon for the final drive. You'll get a chance to do the WNSP Draft Challenge. We've told you all about it. you got to be there. We're going to be there. You're going to be there. It'll be a big party. Gifts will be given. Prizes will be won. Drinks will be consumed. Quarterbacks will be drafted number one. I mean, it's just going to be a great day. Let's talk to Chris Stewart let's, maybe get let's. his take on that. Chris, of course, the voice of the Crimson Tide in baseball, basketball, and lately football. Chris, good morning. How are you today? Guys, good morning. How are you all doing? Good. Have the Panthers uh, gotten in touch with you about Bryce being available to go number one? They have not, and I have been waiting with bated breath, yeah. even though I've been uh, chugging scope re repeatedly. Uh, 
No, I don't. Um, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. It would be foolish on their part. I'm I'm selfish. I really would have loved to have seen Houston. I would love to see Houston get a shot at him. Uh, I'd love to see him teamed up with D'Amico Ryan's and and have that happen for D'Amico and for uh, for Bryce. But to go number one would be a phenomenal thing for him and for for the uh, the Bama program. So it'd be. Uh, It'd be really cool to see him go in that top slot. All right. How about this, though? How about if Bryce went number one, but Will Anderson went number two? So you get one, two. Uh, that would be even better. Uh, and Houston does have that number two pick, right? Is that correct? I believe that's where it is. So, yeah, to have Will play for D'Amico would be uh, would be a fantastic thing for Houston, but for, for Will as well. Chris, uh, what did you come away with thought-wise on the A-Day game? Anything stick out? Uh, yeah, I, I really liked how physical they were. Uh, you know, and again, it's not like I saw anything that, that brought a, a new revelation to the, to the scene, but I did like the physicality of the offensive line. I like what we saw from um, really the four primary running backs that we're expecting to get carries Jason McClellan, Roydale Williams, uh, Justice Haynes, and Jim Miller all looked, I thought, in, in moments looked really good. And, and you get a chance to see them in uniform, in pads, where they look they look the part. And we know in the case of Roydale and, and Jace that they are, and there's no doubt with the history that, that Haynes and Miller are, and they're going to be a big part of what happens for Alabama this year. Um, I also uh, thought that defensively, you know it, the physicality of the the linebacking core was impressive to see. Uh, I like you know new guys like Caleb Downs, just one example. Um, Justin Jefferson, another. I thought Earl Little the second had a great play on the interception that I thought it was going to make. I thought he was making a heck of an effort just to get a deflection, and instead he comes away with the football on the pick down around the goal line. It was a it was a heck of an effort. So um, some big plays. I, I thought it was interesting to see the number of tight ends who were involved in the passing game. I think that's something you'll see. I know we had, uh, you know, you've had guys the last few years, but I think that's going to be even more of a, of a real target this year, uh, going back to the tight end as a, as a receiving weapon for the squad, and not to be overlooked either, uh, just because they've been around and just because they've been successful, I don't think for a second you take for granted Will Reichard and, and James Burnett and what they bring to the table as your specialist. You know, those are those are uh, guys that will factor largely in whether you can win a championship or not. How sound are you in special teams, and how good are your specialists? And I can't imagine that there's a combo any better than what Alabama will have with with Will and James. So I tend to be excited about. Obviously, you've got to get the quarterback situation, uh, when I say cleared up, you've got to have some certainty there. And and the guy in charge is going to do, uh, do just fine in that regard. But there's talent everywhere you need there to be talent. And I think the pieces are there to be very much in the mix for a championship once again or multiple championships is what we're all hopeful for. I'm not sure it would be totally fair to ask you where you take a stand on quarterbacks in lieu of the recent news with a uh, 
Notre Dame transfer quarterback. Did are you? Yeah. Did he visit? Did he visit Alabama yet? That, that the story was he could have been there even last night. That I don't know, Lee. I would be just totally spitballing if I if I gave you an answer. I really have no idea. But I mean, it's natural that uh, you know the belief is that Alabama is at least looking that he may be interested in the in the transfer portal or may already be in it. Uh, if there's somebody that's better than what they have, they feel like is better than what they have on campus. Um, certainly Tommy Reese would know if if this guy is capable of competing for and winning the position. And you don't know all the circumstances. You know, we look at it through one filter, one prism of, you know, Alabama's need and the kid looks to leave and you got his former offensive coordinator there. It's a given he's coming or it's a uh, – it's a given that he feels like he'll have the job. That may not be the case. There could just be simply circumstances where he's not happy where he is and needs a change of scenery, wants a change of scenery. I have no idea. But I've got a feeling we'll we'll learn a lot more in the next few days. Chris Stewart, the voice of the Crimson Tide. He's our guest here on WNSP. Sir, um, the the university released some photos of the playing surface at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It, it looks like my backyard right now. I'm not surprised at all, but uh, I'm always amazed at how quickly they're able to get things done and and the way they can get it done, but I'm not surprised. I mean, the field goes through. The the field goes through a lot over the course of the season, and then they, you know, they keep it intact basically through the spring, and as soon as A-Day is up, that's, that's an almost every year, if not an every year, endeavor where it's literally dug up and new turf is laid down and it gives you the entire summer to take root and and grow and you don't have the issues that you do at some of these playoff games and bowl games where it looks fantastic as you roll new turf out on game day but it's it's not the type of turf and surface that that you need because it's impossible to have it in pristine condition playing wise uh, it may, be look, may look great to, to see through the camera. It may be fantastic to walk on, but when you're trying to actually run and play and do what these guys do at the highest level, then it doesn't take root, and it's not um, it's not ideal. But when you do it this way, it does give you a lot of time to, to actually take root and be in great shape, and they always do a fantastic job with it in Tuscaloosa. Sir, I got to ask you, we're we're taking an informal poll question today. You may or may not have heard. So, Trey Trey Young hits. No, I haven't, but this always scares me. But yeah. let's go with it. So, anyway. the, 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 so Trey Young hits the, the game winner against Boston, forces a game six. They're going back to Atlanta. Problem is, the arena's already booked for a Janet Jackson concert. Oh. So, they had to push oh. Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, a day later. Mm-hmm. So, she's going Friday down. My question to you, sir. Is if you had a chance at tickets to Boston, Atlanta, or Miss Jackson herself, which one are you taking? There, this you know, for many people, could be a very difficult, very challenging scenario. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, however, I will say unequivocally, seventeen-year-old Chris Stewart yeah. or almost fifty-three-year-old Chris Stewart will take. Janet Jackson in a heartbeat. Of course you would. Over Celtics, over Celtics Hawks. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. Thank you very much.
see th this one. Th this is see my my stance is 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 gaining some traction here, Lee. Uh, this is now another person. You're in quicksand, my friend. No, no, it's it's Rhythm Nation, man. I'm Mark. I will. I will. Uh, I'm not going to say I'll down this hill, but I ran the risk of being, <laughs> even though I was in an earshot of my wife. Yeah. I still had no problem answering that one rapidly <laughs> and accurately, as far as I'm concerned. Have you uh, have you seen her in concert before, Chris? No. I because I just uh, oh well. Let me say in person, no. I have seen them on television. We uh, I just I saw Janet. I saw Rhythm Nation in in New Orleans. Believe it or not, I, wow! I, I yeah. believe that, and I'm, I'm I'm jealous. Well done. See that? I knew there was a reason I like Chris Stewart. Well done, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Mark. Getting kudos for one of the best right there, Lee. You jealous? Not yeah. really. Not really. I, look, I always <laughs> no. That's what ra talk radio is. You get different opinions. We don't want everybody agreeing with me and Nick just because you're wrong. Not you're right. not wrong if you here's, want to go here's see. Here's the deal. You're not Lee, wrong. Lee doesn't think less of his own opinion. He just thinks less of me now. No, right. I don't. I no, Chris. I, I'm the one who said well, that's a question we should ask you because you, you know, you're up on so many things, so many topics, and I, I don't have a problem with that at all. There's certain concerts I would pick to go instead of watching the Hawks play, but if given the choice, Game Six or Janet Jackson, because I don't know much about her performance, I would take the Hawks. Mm. And Frankie Valley's not touring right now. Chris. He's not? No. What? <laughs> what is it? What, what, why, way, why do you always deliver hey, bad news? With, You're so negative. You mean he stopped have, touring I at the age? Seen, Go ahead, Chris. I have seen the four seasons in concert. Which four? <laughs> the one but I no because when Valley, I went because when I Frankie went Frankie Valley in the four seasons. No, I no. What I meant was Chris. What I seasons in the four tops. That's all together. No, what I meant was when I saw Frankie Valley, I've seen him like twice in the last four years. They aren't the original seasons. They they're gone. They there's new seasons. Well, that's what I meant. Yes. That's what I meant. I understand. This was 30 years ago, so it was oh. probably the original or real close to it. Chris, great stuff. All right, so you might as well tell me what was the best concert you've ever seen. Oh man, uh, I saw Smokey. It was great. Smokey um, Robinson. I yeah. have seen the – here, here's the one I'll drop the mic and walk out. Okay. I have seen the uh, the Temptations in concert, 1989, and the reason it was the most memorable because I saw it also in 1988. Uh, Temptations and the OJs, I believe. And the next year they came back with the Four Tops, and the Temptations did this thing where they brought four people up on stage and did the dance steps to uh, My Girl with them individually and i swore that if they came back i was going to get front row seats and that i would be one of the four up on stage to get to dance and sing a verse solo of my girl on stage and um sure enough they came back the next year i got fourth row tickets i was on the aisle when they moved the steps up to the stage i rushed down i was the fourth one to come up i was the only one that had seen them do this in concert i knew what they wanted done it uh it was one of the highlights of my life and thank god there was no video of it so in my head i can always remember that it was fantastic you, and i don't have to see the video to know how horrible it actually was can you 
give us a, a your version, my girl, just a line or two? Um, <laughs> no, not this morning. Yeah. But we'll maybe if there is ever an in-person appearance, maybe, maybe we'll dust that off. It was your it was your but Courtney not this morning. It was your Courtney Cox Bruce Springsteen moment, is what you're telling me. It's the only time I've ever been compared to Courtney Cox as a middle coach in the Birmingham area. But I guess if you say so, yeah, I guess Mark in the loosest of interpretation, that would have to be it. Are you a big fan of the watching the draft tomorrow night? Uh not a huge fan of it. Not that I will plan my night around it, but I will let's see, that's tomorrow night, Thursday night. I will probably be in Baton Rouge in time to see it. And because of the fact we'll have so many Bama guys get their names called early, then I will very probably have my own television. So you're, I'm assuming when you say uh, it's Alabama and LSU this weekend? That's correct. How, I, I got to ask you, because when I, when I did a game down there, of course it was a playoff. It was one of the, the loudest venues I have ever been in. Is, yeah. In your experience doing baseball, college baseball, how would you classify it? No, it's great. And I did games at the, when I started. They were at the old Alec Box. Uh, the new stadium is really, really nice. It's a great venue. But, man, you talk about rabid now. The old Alec Box, the, the old-style stadium that was the metal, you know, the metal everywhere and the overhang, and you were literally sitting among them. We had a – you know, no true press box, but it was a, a perch uh, under the old grandstand, and it was really cool. But it was it was deafening, and it was uh, you know again you're right there in the middle of them. There's no booth. You're you're there among the fans, and it was it was wild. It was a really cool thing. Uh, but as usual, when they start playing hold that tiger, it's too late because that tiger's already got hold of you. And, and they'll be really good. It'll be a great – hopefully it'll be a great series. Bama's playing really well. Got a win last night against Sanford, and they've won uh, six in a row now and taken on an LSU team that is just phenomenal, number one in the country, and deservedly so. Chris, uh, we will be in touch. As always, we appreciate it. We have a very tough editorial decision to make moving forward, whether or not your walk-up song, your walk-up song here on WNSP will either be My Girl or – some variation of a Janet Jackson song. We'll get back to you on that. Either way, I got no problem. Hey, man. It'll put a smile on my face regardless. Hey, have a great uh, have a great week, man. We appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys. Take care. That's Chris Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. All right, traffic and weather are next. You guys can jump in on the conversation. Ian Thompson's going to talk some NBA at 830. Um, we've discussed a number of things. Alabama looks like they got a visitor coming from the portal. And guess what? He plays quarterback. Shocking development there. Talked a lot of NBA today as well. Janet Jackson tickets. Hawk Celtics tickets. Which one you taking? Janet's trending a little bit in the right direction here, folks. You guys can jump in next. Oh, and of course, people have been wanting to know what the Triple G stands for. Well, we've given you an opportunity to tell us. Hit us up in the app. Let us know what the Triple G stands for in Triple G Wiggins. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hi, this is Mark Malone, former NFL quarterback. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
Devin Booker passes Charles Barkley what? for the most uh, 40 season history. Thank yeah. you. You yes. passed the bump. Passed the bump, Devin. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Well passed deserved. The bump. Thank you, yes. Devin. I appreciate that. I don't want to hear, hear his name no more in Phoenix. Uh, Coco five, Coco thirty-five. Those guys have way too much fun. Way too much fun. I love when uh, you know, Shaq's always saying, you know, like because they were talking about Charles. I think he had fifty-six in a playoff game or something at one point. And all he did, he just kept ragging Charles like pass the ball, pa pass the ball, Chuck. Just you know, because that was the uh, that was the in in Uncle Drew that was his line, right? Pass the ball, Kobe. So he's just like pass the ball, Chuck. We're we're like our own little local version of the NBA on TNT crew. Lee Lee is our Ernie Johnson. You know the minus the man bow tie, all the chaos together. Yeah, minus the bow tie, and yeah. then Mark. Who are you? Yeah, you're you might be Kenny the Jet Smith. Mm. Are you Shaq? Are you Chuck? Maybe a combination of all three. Well, who does that make me? Am I like when Jamal Crawford comes in and fills in like every now and then? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you like to be? Why don't you just want to be Nick? Forget those guys. Just be Nick. Wow. I, I'm going to go back. It used to bother me here when I first started. And this was long before probably Nick was born and before you were here. And management would say, well, we want you to be like so-and-so or you're the so-and-so. Like, what? Like, why? I'm just myself. I, I'm not going to duplicate what others are doing on the radio. I forget who they're trying to make me sound like or be like or something like that. And in the first, when I first started here, there was that narrative that, you, okay, you're this guy and you're this guy. No, that doesn't make any sense to me. You're a one of one. You're an original. A true unicorn. Do you all want me? I can be. If someone came in tomorrow, if, if we got if we got done and they said, Mark, we want you to be the Lee of the opening kickoff. Okay. Lee, what how what would you do if someone said we want you to be the mark of the opening kickoff? What what would you start acting like? I'd resign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I, I don't know. Tim's coming this way all of a sudden. Hey, I, I think he has he something he'd like you to ask. He, 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 he something did, he'd like to ask. He did he, come in early today. Apparently yes. he's been listening. <laughs> all right, when we come back, we talk about the NBA with Ian Thompson. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. think that Murray against Booker is going to be must-see television. I think Gordon trying to guard KD is going to be must-see television. Joker's going to be the difference and the depth of the Denver Nuggets. I think that's going to be, the, in my opinion, that's going to be the difference. But man, those two one-on-one -on -one matchups are going to be fabulous. All right, 832. That's the voice of Charles Barkley, or should I say the Lee Shervanian of Inside the NBA. All right, I was going to say this. All right, Charles is Charles, but I, I've got, we've got somebody who 
knows much more when it comes to analyzing basketball. Charles is great. You know, he's got the airtime. But when it comes to knowing the ins and outs about playoffs, Ian Thompson, and he's on the air with us right now. He's a McGill-Tulit alum, which helps. But uh, also covering the NBA for about 30 or 40 years helps, too. Ian, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Uh, great, thanks. Everything I learned about the NBA came from my time in McGill, actually. So it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> Good point. Um, they, they teach they teach you a lot at that school. I'm telling you. Mark can talk more about that than I can. That's for sure. Uh, if if my son graduates this this spring and not knowing there was an NBA class, he's going to kill me. So we'll keep that between you and me, Ian. It's a club. It's a club. <laughs> yeah. uh, let, let me point out for those who haven't heard Ian before. I mean, the guy. You go back to the 90s, you know, he covered the Dream Team. He's been a beat reporter. He's been with the Boston Herald, Sports Illustrated, uh, and he's written books. And that's where I wanted to start out with The Soul of Basketball, which you wrote. I think I think I saw it was published in 2018. Is that about right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it was a lot of it was devoted to LeBron James. Could you have imagined when you wrote that that he'd be still posting numbers in 2023? as he was doing in 2018, that he'd still be going as strong? What a great question. And no, you wouldn't have imagined anybody would. You wouldn't have, back then, you wouldn't have imagined Tom Brady either, really. Um, you know, they've taken sports science to a new level. I remember when I was working on the book, Pat Riley was telling me about how LeBron invests in every kind of technology. He, In his home, he had one of these chambers that you would go into like zero pressure chambers or something. And it costs a lot of money to have one. It's like a NASA kind of thing or something. And it, the guy would spare no expense to try to uh, work on this body. Um, another thing that happened while, while LeBron was at Miami, you know, he weighed about when he first went there, when he was his first time in Cleveland, he weighed about 20, 25, maybe even 30 pounds more then than he does now. And Pat Riley implored him to lose the weight uh, so he wouldn't be carrying around as much bulk. He said it would extend his career. And during the practice, uh, Riley had LeBron wear a 20-pound um, weight vest just to show him how much he was carrying around. And that summer, LeBron started losing the weight, and he's been much sleeker ever since then. If he was still, if he still had the body of a power forward, like like a burly power forward, which is what he used to be, so he used to be like Jerome Bettis, you know, like where does he get all that speed and athleticism, carrying all that weight? Well, now as strong as big as he is, he's he's sleeker now than he used to be, and I'm sure that's really helping him uh, continue to play well, but. He's just a marvel. He's the the other thing I, I've noticed about I read about him recently. He's by far the best clutch player of the last fifty years, or, or whatever it is. I mean, he he was known early in his career for choking in those moments in the last second, for the last minute of a tight big game. You could not count on LeBron, and now it's just the opposite. He's one of the most reliable stars in the history of the game now. In the last minute. Ian, maybe if Dylan Brooks had called you and, and talked to you, he, he would have avoided that ridiculous statement, which would have poked the bear <laughs> and, and now has Memphis yeah. on the verge of elimination tonight. Yeah, and I think Dylan Brooks has himself on the verge of elimination. Yeah, if, uh, he really does. The series. 
Why would they keep him? Why? I mean, how is he helping them? He, he's not a great athlete. He's not a great shooter. Um, yeah, he's a good defender, but all he does is get the other team riled up. I mean, they they came out, the Lakers came out in the first quarter after Dylan Brooks made those silly statements and um, and played with a purpose that they haven't shown in years. And it's all because of him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Darvin Ham, the Lakers coach, paid Dylan Brooks to say those things because it's exactly <laughs> what the Lakers needed to hear. Yeah. So he wasn't helping his team at all. He was helping the opponent. And when you're doing that, I just don't see why a team's paying you. I just don't see why you're around. It's hard to argue the point, man. The guy with the game that he's got, he ought to be just happy he's on the team. I'd stick my hand head in the sand and just play and man it's it, it you see it all over i mean it, it people learn the hard way and, and they never learn from other people's mistakes and man he's, he's gonna go down as the biggest dumpster fire i've never seen a guy fall from grace that quickly i mean you you, you say you had a pretty good game you you, you make the comments now you're backing away from the media because you don't want to deal with that smoke and then he just doesn't play well and, and and as Shaq pointed out, LeBron got his forty and in a very non traditional way with the twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he dominated the game and he did it in the caddy. It was his first twenty rebound game, I think, ever in the playoffs at his age, and and that's a category that Dylan Brooks claims to own: uh, the effort category, the strength, the the muscle, the bullying, all that kind of stuff. Dylan Brooks claims to own that, and but LeBron took him over. Five years from now, Dylan Brooks is just an incidental part of LeBron's story. And five years from now, I'll be really surprised if anybody's talking about Dylan Brooks or even remembers anything anything of this happened. Lance Stevenson had something like this a few years ago. Remember when he blew in LeBron's ear? Trying oh, yeah. To get him riled up oh, yeah. Lance Stevenson had a relatively short career. Um, no one talks about him anymore, and I bet even as I say that, most people have trouble remembering that that ever happened. Ian, I got lots of other areas to go to. If you're the owner of the Clippers, do you blow this team up now? Uh, what do you do with Leonard, George? I mean, is a team as jinxed as this team has been over the years? You have to stick it out because when Kawhi has um, been able to play, He's been arguably the best player in the whole league, uh, you know, and now it's only a couple of games, but you see enough there. I mean, think about it. Think about the teams that are tanking this year just to have a 14% chance of winning the lottery to get the new guy, Victor from France. So if you have this guy, Kawhi under contract, I just think you stick it out and you hope that he can give you a two-month run of health. And if he does, now you have a chance to win the whole thing, if he can do that. And you just keep working with him to try to get him as healthy as you can. You just hope for the best. Man, it's the same, you know, all these teams that are tanking, they're just hoping for the best. And they have no control over it. At least the Clippers have some control over the way they manage his health and helping train and all that kind of stuff. The other thing with the Clippers, they're moving into a new building in the next, you know, in a couple of years, and they're going to need stars to fill that building because as much as that building is costing and all the bathrooms that Steve Ballmer is proud of putting into the building yeah. thing, and God bless him for that. I mean, what a visionary 
How many, how many years have we all been waiting for an owner to like put bathrooms in the bathrooms in these buildings? But with all the, all the money going into that building, they're going to need stars to uh, get people to pay the high prices to go into that building. And Kawhi Leonard is a guy that will help drive ticket prices. So um, I, I think all the way around, they have to stick with this investment and see if they can get something out of it. Do the Bucks bounce back down three to one to the Heat uh, game tonight in uh, Milwaukee, Game Five? I really think so. Um, even down three one, I was thinking I just can't see the Bucks losing this. I can't see Giannis letting them lose. Um, but really, it's all going to come down to how healthy he is and how much he can do. Um, Jimmy Butler had a spectacular game. I don't think we can count on seeing that again. And they barely won with him doing all that he did. What was it, 55, 56 points? With all he did, they barely won that game at home. Um, so, and that was Giannis's first game back after uh, a really bad injury. So I, I just think when you put it all together, are we going to see that from Jimmy Butler again? It's hard to ask for that same kind of performance. And is Giannis going to keep getting better? I would think he would. So I, I just think Milwaukee wins the seventh game in that series ultimately. Longtime NBA reporter Ian Thompson uh, joining us to give us his thoughts. Okay, what about the Warriors and Kings? It's tied at two now. Arguably, it's been probably one of the best series going these days. How does this one go? You know, I, I can I don't know, Mark, if you go to I don't think you do, but Lee does. The in the eighties, the Celtics uh with Larry Bird, um they were on sort of their last legs as a contender and they played uh, Detroit in the conference finals, Isaiah Thomas. And that was the series where Detroit was the better team. You could tell they had the more talent. But somehow the Celtics just stole the series. That was when Larry Bird stole the ball from Isaiah Thomas in the fifth game. I was at that game. Um, then in the seventh game, uh, two of the best Detroit players, Adrian Danley and Benny Johnson, were both going for a loose ball, and they collided head-to-head, -head and they knocked them both out of the game. And the Celtics barely won that game. And Detroit said, we should have won that series, but they beat us. And I kind of think that's maybe where this one's going where, you know, between this, this finger injury to De'Aaron Fox and the Warriors surviving a last-second shot by Harrison Barnes, if he makes that, all of a sudden the Warriors are, are basically dead. Um, I, I just think this is one of those series where the Warriors maybe advance and everybody's like, wow, they got lucky because the better team was Sacramento. Got to ask you, do you consider... I was wondering about this. You know, I've asked you before if you ever, ever considered writing another basketball book about, a, let's say, an NBA player. Would you ever consider Draymond Green because as far as being a colorful individual and his ups and downs? Oh, yeah. No, I think, I think a lot of people would like to write a book about Draymond Green, starting with Draymond Green. <laughs> I think he'll, he'll be writing his own book, and he'll be writing more than one. 
It'll be a little bit like Charles Barkley writing his own books, but the difference will be when Draymond publishes his, he won't say he was misquoted in his own book the way Charles did back in the day when Charles came out with a book by Charles Barkley and somebody said, <laughs> in your book here, it says this, and Charles tried to say, well, I was misquoted, and they said, but it, the book was by Charles Barkley. How can you misquote yourself? <laughs> so I, I think I think Draymond is going to be uh, uh, a, a multimedia star for the rest of his life between uh, the podcast he's doing and he'll, he'll write his own books and he'll be commentating on TV because he's so good at it. And, um, yeah, I think he's going to be around for a long time. He'll be the next Charles Barkley. Did you attend last night's Hawks-Celtics game? I did not. And... Um, Watching it on TV, it just all goes on to Jason Tatum for me. Um, if he was tuned in and disciplined and focused, they roll. They win by 20, 25. But he was not. He, he, the best player did not set the tone for their team. It turned out the best player was Trey Young, who set the tone for his team. And um, and so, yeah, this this is a huge learning opportunity now for the Celtics and Jason Tatum. It's not the end of the world, but I kind of think we're going to see the Celtics respond positively to this big mess up by them. And that you'll, you'll see from the opening minutes, <clears throat> they're playing really hard defense <clears throat> in Atlanta uh, and really trying to squelch the Hawks defensively. Um, and if you don't see that, now you're kind of thinking the Celtics didn't really learn a lot, and are they really contenders to win the championship? But I, th I think we will see that. I think they'll they'll respond positively to a really bad loss last night. If in your experiences, your years, does it happen often when a playoff game moves back to an arena where there's a concert and the concert gets moved? Has that happened like it's going to happen this week with the Janet Jackson concert in Atlanta? getting moved from Thursday to Friday. Have you seen that occur a lot? Uh, no, I've never heard of that. And that just shows you how little faith they had in Atlanta that <laughs> that's the, the Hawks were going to extend the series, and rightly so. I mean, that team in Atlanta has not given anybody reason for faith uh, over the last couple of years. So, um, And I still don't think there's faith in them, you know? With that said, though, if you had the option of going to see game six – or seeing Janet Jackson, which which tickets are you taking? Well, it depends on if uh, if uh, the guy, what's his name, Justin, if he's going to be on the stage with her. Then I think the place gets sold out because the last time they were together. I'm thinking you're, you don't want to admit it because you're an NBA guy. I think you're taking the concert tickets. That's just me, though. It's just a feeling <laughs> I get through the phone. And there's no shame in that because that's my stance. I'm taking uh, – I'm Rhythm Nation – um, yeah, I'm Miss Jackson. If you're nasty, all day. Yeah, no, no. I'm just remembering when they were in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, I understand. And they almost got themselves banned off live TV and all that stuff. Right, but right. I would actually, I would. She's just, you know, she's from another era. I would actually want to see what Trey Young's going to do in, in this next game. I really Ooh. would. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. They've got nothing to lose. There's all this pressure on the Celtics. It's going to be a really loud building. Uh, you know, um, 
people who thought they were showing up for a Janet Jackson show or some, somebody going to be watching Trey Young and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be all really right. interesting. Let me, let me sweeten the pot for you then. So let's say hypothetically, rhetorically asking for a friend. It isn't Janet Jackson, but it's Taylor Swift. Now, that's a tough ticket to get. Who are you taking? You going concert well, if, or you going if, game? If it's if it's Taylor Swift, now the Hawks have to find another place yeah, to play. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're not they're not you know, they can't push her around. Like, you know, they they don't the Atlanta Hawks are not the subject of Ticketmaster controversy. Okay, so what it that way. I mean What if I, I buried the lead a little bit. What if I told you though it's not just Janet Jackson? Ludacris is also there with her. Does that change your your thought process? You're like the guy that walks into the drugstore and asks for a change for a 20, and then they give you two 10s, and they go, no, wait, I'd like to trim this 10 to two fives, and you end up walking out with $27 when you ask for change for a 20. That's that's what you're doing to me here right now. It, it works for me. I You know, don't hate. Don't hate the play. I hate the game. Like, I, you know, that's just me. <laughs> It's that McGill. It's my bad for playing. It's my bad for playing it. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I just was trying to give you a change. I end up losing seven bucks. Yeah. Uh, also, before we let you go, I got to ask you: Did you see Air? Did you watch? Did you see the movie? No. Huh. All right. But I'm, you've you've no. you're you're certainly familiar with Sonny Vaccaro, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, what turned me off about it was um, I read that a rev- I saw in a review. I think the Hollywood Reporter critic said that Air is this generation's version of Jerry Maguire. That's a good call. And that kind of turned me off. That kind of turned me off because Jerry Maguire was all about a guy learning that money isn't the most important thing. And what's this movie all about? It's all about money is the most important thing. And I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm against this big trend in sports where uh, we're losing the plot, where now we're making movies about a shoe sneaker deal. I mean, it's it's is that what this is all about now? Like, and the whole sneaker craze just goes beyond me. I'm just not. I'm. I understand it's an industry and everything like that, but I'm. I'm just. I'll watch it when it comes to HBO, you know. Like, but I'm I'm not I'm not getting lined to go into a movie theater to to watch if somebody can like work out a sneaker deal for themselves. I'm just saying though that sneaker industry changed because of this one deal. It, it if if you don't mind me borrowing the phrase, the the movie Air is kind of like the soul of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's their soul in that business. S O L E. S O L E. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's full of, full of soul. Yeah. Hey, uh, great stuff, man. It was good catching up with you. It had been far too long. Enjoy uh, the Janet Jackson tickets. Um, let me know if she does uh, miss you much. <laughs> you know, it just dawned on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, thanks. All yeah, right, man. Can't wait. Yep. Can't wait. I know all the words. <laughs> That's Ian Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it just dawned on me. My, my daughter and her family, they have concert tickets to Atlanta later this month. And I just thought, well, geez, what if this... Hawks keep winning. It's, I think it's on a Sunday. Ed Sheeran, does that ring a bell? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be in concert. You're not familiar with Ed? What if uh, the Hawks keep winning and they play on a, a Sunday? Maybe a little Ed Sheeran when we come back to... No. Mark, wouldn't it be... <laughs> Mark, do you think <laughs> it's possible that Ed somebody's Sheeran. just totally oblivious to what's going on? You, you, you kind of brought... Yeah, you're, no, you just brought this up. That somebody goes to the game on Thursday thinking Janet Jackson... 
is playing and goes in there, I, I'll come to see the concert. Uh, sorry, it's it's tomorrow. We'll, we'll play some Rhythm Nation on the way back. Ooh. I'm a part of Rhythm Nation. I like it. Stay with us. Hi, this is Bill Hancock, Executive Director of the College Football Playoff, and you are listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. Five, four, three, two, one. Save the best for last. Our okay. team of the day. I do want to thank Bachelor Service for coming aboard every Thursday. Our team of the day. Batch, wait a minute. This is Wednesday, right? Talk you about just a, did a mic up. drop. Yep. Yeah. See what happened. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'll save that for tomorrow. Go back. To, go back to your singing, and I'll try to get this microphone to stay stationary. All why right. did I think this was Thursday? Oh, I know why. I have no idea. Because I can't wait for the draft party. The NFL draft party. That's right. WNSP draft party tomorrow. Walk-ons make plans to be there. Uh, the final drive will be broadcasting. Corey and Michael will be out at walk-ons right there on Airport Boulevard. We will be out there. Or at least I will be. Triple G will be out there. Uh, and take part in our WNSP draft challenge. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We do it every year. But uh, this is going to be a great one because up for grabs, a Traeger grill. So you come in. You give us your 10 in order first draftees. Uh, the closest, due to our scoring uh, system, will get the Traeger Grill, compliments of Bailey's TV and Mattress. And then when Bryce Young gets drafted, we will have a drawing right there on the spot for a Bryce Young jersey, compliments of the vault. And that's not, wait, there's more. Anybody who comes in specifically for the WNSP draft challenge and party. We'll get a WNSP t-shirt. How about that? Brand new. Came in, what, last week? I think we got them last week. Um, and Nick has already guaranteed. It's a Nick Wiggins guarantee that if by some miracle we run out, and I challenge you all to see if we can run out, he'll send you one when we get the next shipment in. How about that? That's right. There's no reason that you shouldn't be there. I mean, it's you the can't draft. Come up with a good reason. No, it's the draft. It's at walk-ons, potentially back-to-back Alabama picks. Right. You don't have a ride, get an Uber. Yeah, you don't have. A, you you can't get an Uber. Call Lee. Or you call watch Matt. Get he'll, a babysitter. He'll come right. out there Bring with their the sports. With we got small size shirts that they can fit in. They got a kids menu. They got a little pop shot with my name on it, by the way, in the corner. That's where I'll be breaking records. The old ball and chain giving you some grief. Bring her out. Have a date night. And then you can just kind of sneak away, say, I'm going to the bathroom, and then come to the booth where we are and fill out your entry. We'll be You'll back. never know anything. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the sports station until 6 a.m. tomorrow. See ya.